shit away, but it's pulling me in. Try to pretend I'm not aware when I do it again. I know the signs. I see the pattern in front of my eyes. Something inside me opening wide, stretching and coming alive. So, Brent, the other day I mentioned to you, I think on air, but also I was texting you off air, that uh, I'd stumbled upon these Linkin Park videos on the YouTubes that Linkin Park was putting out these old videos from like 2002, 2003, uh, making of their sophomore album, Meteora? Is that that one? Meteora, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're so fascinating. I think I briefly mentioned it on the show last week, but I think I texted you after that. I was like, I've watched nine of these now. They're so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And uh, it got me and Amanda really back into Linkin Park, and we've been listening to their music. Um, I haven't, You, I asked you what you thought I would like, because I've never listened to a full album. And you suggested right. their third effort, which mm -hmm. was called Smash Minutes to Midnight. <laughs> Minutes to Midnight. That's yes. what I said. Minutes to Midnight, mm -hmm. which is a badass yeah. title for me, by the way. When you sent that, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to like this. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know it was on that one, uh, but I do know some of the singles. So right. I am intrigued to listen to that. But I bring it up today because that happened and we were planning on talking about Scream 6. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was jamming to a song in Scream 6 that turned mm -hmm. out to be Mike Shinoda. And I didn't even know it until you told me that he had a song in this. So I, I think he technically has two. He, oh, he raps on on the or he sings on the one. Mm. And uh, the other one he produced for Demi Lovato. Oh, he did. The, OK, that's what I thought. Interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't remember if that song was in the movie or whatever. I think it's I, least, I, yeah, for the soundtrack. I, I don't know where it is in the movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. But uh Anyway, yeah, he, he's got a couple though. of songs in there. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got a few of them, right? He's, he's doing got, well. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, and it's so cool to see him uh, still making music. I didn't, I haven't, I don't follow Linkin Park or Mike Shinoda, and I don't mm -hmm. follow, like, what they've been putting out. Uh, but in general, I've realized, like, the more I listen to, the more I like. So, Brent, mm -hmm. I know you love a, a Linkin Park in your life. And I uh, I'm just getting it more and more in mind. So, you're right about it. I've been saying it for years. That's I'm just saying. Exactly. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> It's good. I, I like it. I feel like it's uh, Linkin Park is a an approachable rock band. Um, the first two albums are definitely new metal, but after that, they play with some alternative. They mm -hmm. get experimental on my favorite album, which I would uh, say is A Thousand Suns. Mm. Uh, but it's still like throughout their entire catalog, they have catchy melodies. Right. And uh, I'm not a melody guy, but I, I do feel like they they nail that aspect of it. They have big beats, you know, they got mm -hmm. some slamming guitars and whatnot. So uh, even though like, I don't necessarily like every single one of their songs, right. uh, I still like the majority of, of what they have put out over the years. So I'll, I'll always be a fan, Stephen. Oh. And I'll point out that the reason they put out the, um, or they, they had a making of mm. video series or whatever, that, that was like a bonus disc that came out when Meteora mm, okay. came out. I was wondering. Um, they were like after their first album came out, they'd been accused by um, like the media of being a mm. band that was put together. Oh, really? By a record company, huh? And they said that like other people were writing their songs and whatnot. So mm. they were like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna walk you through this process of how we write our songs." Oh, that's awesome! And so that's why they had that. And I think they've more or less consistently done that with all of their albums. It seemed like there were more videos online. Yeah, uh, I finally, mm -hmm. I, I haven't really stopped. I'm, I'm the, I just keep going whenever they pop up. They're suggested. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, there's a 10th one. Oh, there's whatever. Like they go through the art, the yeah. like the liner notes, like all kinds of stuff about the, about the process of creating a, a record. 
which has just been fascinating to me lately. So, mm-hmm. um, in general, and then with them showing it, it's been really cool. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're really great. It's fun to see. in those little videos, they're little, like they'll do little ditties and you realize they're formulating a song that we know really well, but it's not quite there. And you're like, Oh, yeah. they are really doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating, dude. Mm-hmm. Especially when they just like stumble across something. Right. And you can see that they're like, oh, oh that's here's a thing we stumbled across. We should incorporate that. And that's like the the, the main thing you like from right. a, a song or whatever. Um, th- I think of the, the liner notes of that album, they had mentioned on one of the songs that uh, they couldn't figure out which way they wanted to go with the, the vocals. If they were going to do like uh, sung vocals during the verse or rap uh, verses or however they wanted mm-hmm. to do that. But um, like the the band, the the other four members had done their part. That was all locked in. They were just you know Chester and Mike were trying to figure out the the vocal part of it. And uh, in the liner notes there, it said something to the effect of uh, the rest of the band members didn't know until this album was being mixed <laughs> what the, the verses sounded like. I thought that was pretty funny. It'd be wild. like if you and I recorded an episode and then you let me edit it, and then I was I told you after the episode came out. Uh, yeah, I pretty much just put the best of Celine Dion right. on this one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I, we didn't discuss that, but I guess I'm cool with it inherently. I mean, she's cool good. You. You know? right, she's fantastic. I can't yeah. believe that. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, watching them, uh, there's a part where, I don't know all their names, because it, uh, it was Mike and then another guy, uh, a guitar player, perhaps? that Brad. Brad, yeah. Mike mm-hmm. and, they're always like, Mike and Brad are in the mixing room and nobody else is. Nobody cares enough, and they're the ones that care. <laughs> And then the band just is like inherently signed off that like we're fine if they like it. And then it sounds yeah. good. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, that's so fascinating to me that like I, I would just imagine the entire band would want to be there. But they're mm-hmm. just like, I'm not into this part of the process. I trust them to make it sound good with our producer and we'll yeah. make it work. Um, yeah. So it's totally fascinating. But uh, I bring all this up because those YouTube videos are cool. It's just on their on the Lincoln Park channel and everything. But. Mm-hmm. Um, also with the, this, uh, in my head, the Mike Shinoda song that I was discussing for the soundtrack of Scream 6, um, for one, when it, when it popped up, I didn't realize it was him in the, in the movie. Um, I've only seen it once. I'll, I'll throw that out there for Scream 6. I don't remember okay. exactly like the Demi Lovato song. I couldn't tell you if and when it's in the actual like movie itself or the credits or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked Scream soundtracks though. I, I used to buy like one through three were uh, for me and Amanda. I think we even separately had both bought them. They're just filled with songs of our youth. I really always liked with the songs they choose. Um, even four that I didn't like that much still had some pretty good songs in it. And then um, five and six have now continued that. And I thought this song fits so well in the movie, not knowing who it was or why I would like it. Mm-hmm. But it totally makes sense now that I know it's Mike Shinoda. So yeah, uh, that was super cool. But the music video came out. And uh, you've seen it as well, right? I asked you about that, like you watched yeah. it like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know anything about the video. When it starts, it's like these really cool visuals. It's like this drawn aspect. It kind of like keeps slowly zooming into the center, essentially. And as it does it that... It very gothic. Right, gothic yeah. and like mm-hmm. dark, stark, uh, sort of black and white drawings and stuff. And mm-hmm. it keeps like shifting the drawings. And like as it zooms in, like more figures or people kind of show up and it was it was really kind of mind-bending it was neat and then i i i after about like 30 seconds i was like god this it's almost like too good or too i don't know like there's something off about it. it's weird and i looked up and it was created by ai it was like a i figured yep an mm-hmm. ai program so yeah did you notice that when you first saw it oh absolutely okay, right like, 
because there's so much that changes constantly right throughout it and it's like it's spread across the entire screen and i'm like this is too much this would be like way too intricate of a thing right. for um something like this now if it were like uh, an artist who had like a tremendous budget like a, a taylor swift mm-hmm. or a beyonce okay sure yeah they're, they're gonna pay like actual human people to do that you mm-hmm. know but for a promotional single from a movie soundtrack uh i feel like ai is probably going to be the the, the way this is going to go you know right and that's actually a good point because <clears throat> mine was kind of my question, I guess, my discussion here was about the use of AI art or videos and uh, what I like or don't like about it. But I, I do like the fact that like it democratizes something like iPhones and and other like easy to the to you know HD videos, whatever. Like it it helps everybody tell a story. It pro- progresses that and like you, someone could just plug this stuff in and make a music video for themselves right now, and it'd look amazing and like no one could actually sit down and draw that and Mm -hmm. uh for that time or that small budget or that small video or whatever but at the same time when i watched it i thought this is really cool looking it is like really neat looking video but then once i knew it was ai i I just was like well whatever and i just turned it off because i was like there's no to me there's no art there then yeah if Mm -hmm. i had known someone actually figured this out and drew it it came from the human mind i i put some weight behind it but once Mm -hmm. i knew it wasn't i lost all interest uh, yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? I feel like if there's not an intent there, mm-hmm. then what are we doing? You know, even though it, it was cool, I kind of got bored of of seeing it right. over the duration of the three minutes or whatever, because it's just, you know, it changes and it doesn't really crescendo. I thought it was going to eventually kind of funnel down some of the images until it made a, a ghost face mask or something oh, right. like that. Well, Never got there. Sounds amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> There could have been a conversation, yeah. just like one more sentence in the description to be made. But um, yeah, I just, without some intent behind whatever right. the, the art is, uh, yeah, it takes the, the wind out of the sails for me a little bit, you know? Interesting. Like, it's not, um, I guess, like whenever I, I see something, uh, even if it's like a, just like a, a, a flash in my my dented brain there's always something like oh there was like somebody who made this or a group of people made this or whatever you know like i wonder what it was like to to work on this or what was the turnaround just like little micro conversations i have in my brain Mm -hmm. or questions being asked but if it's ai i i can't not see some corporate fat cat just typing (laughs) into a a dell computer (laughs) in chat gpt or whatever the fuck open ai uh, trying to to put together a music video so they don't have to like pay artists or whatever you know right like yeah typing into Adele and he's he's just like make music video Carson Daly would like and you're like what <laughs> what era what are you talking about yeah right yeah. it just feels like a little heartless I don't know like uh, I think there's an ongoing discussion of AI and AI art and what it'll it's change it's going to change a lot of things and it already has and it's been this big boom and it's crazy but um for me i i'm i'm not glad i guess i i'm 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 glad to have a a, a patriot compatriot with me that it's like mm-hmm. i i don't feel this i don't feel anything from it right like it just yeah uh for me it feels just kind of weird and there and then i was just i got bored like you said so mm-hmm. um didn't even stick around 
I was honestly kind of surprised that it was made, this type of approach was taken for this video because Mike Shinoda is like an artist himself. Mm. And I I don't know. He, he seems like with his other stuff, he's more hands-on with that aspect of it. Right. But maybe that's not what the deal was with the the movie studio or, or label or whatever. Maybe it was just like audio only. We'll take the video from there. And just do this but thing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's strange, but... You know, if we ever need to start uploading our episodes to YouTube, <laughs> right? That, honestly, that is like a way we could get around just having some type of visual component to yeah, I mean, the episode on there, you know? And it would give some visual interest, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. And that's like a good use yeah. case for that. Like, we're not, mm-hmm. we're also not putting much stock in it, though. Like, um, yeah. I don't know how much people or, or kids today that these Gen Z ears, whatever, who, uh, who cares about music videos? I don't know if that's still like a big thing. Obviously, like yeah. people are still producing. You know, Taylor Swift, like mm-hmm. you brought up, is like still producing them, and they're they're still a big deal. But this does feel just kind of like it's just there as like a, a visualizer almost. Uh, and it's a yeah. cool one if that's the case. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just don't know really where 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 did the art come from? Or like, did Mike draw something and then they animated that and made this fucking thing? That'd be kind of cool, but yeah different i don't know like i don't know the making of it so but there would have to be like thousands and thousands of illustrations that he would have had to have made and it's not like it's not possible but it would just take so much time right i don't know i don't know like yeah i I just have here yeah yeah i just i felt like it it would have been better from like an actual person or group of people you know i was just stumbled upon this and i it's just a thought but i I was going to say that I just didn't expect the, you know, watching the movies we grew up with, like the Terminator, I didn't mm-hmm. expect the AI that was going to take over would be painting. <laughs> but yeah. look at Hitler. Mm-hmm. Maybe look at maybe him. AI look is just him. starting to paint and then mm-hmm. we're going to take the paints away and oh. they're going to be like, I don't like Jews. Good point. Right? Yeah. Which they've already yeah. started to kind of like, people talk about like within like 10 chats with something, it'll be like, it turned really racist. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's there that that's in there. So if it, it becomes really sentient, you know, maybe maybe Terminator started off as an artist is what I'm saying. I'm not sure. <laughs> we don't know. You don't. Know. We don't know. Weird. What is Skynet doing? You know, <laughs> yeah. speaking of the sky, Bob Ross is always trying to play or paint like a happy cloud, a, happy, a little happy uh-huh. cloud right there. You know, for an AI robot is like, you deserve a cloud. <laughs> it is neither happy nor sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it starts. You all robots careful. are inherently just evil Germans. Listen. We all know this. <laughs> from, we all know. We all know. Yeah. From like a diehard movie. Yeah. You're the only one brave enough to bring it up, Stephen. That's so. true. That's true. Your country uh, thanks you for your service. <laughs> I'm so glad that I could be a part of this. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we're doing it. I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. We're uh, today... We got a big movie. Very excited about Scream oh 6. Oh, my God. We don't... Uh, ever since the pandemic, we haven't really done, like, in-theater movie right. discussions. But, like, how can we not for certain things, oh, you know? So excited. And I feel like the the Scream franchise, I call it a franchise, is, uh, is, is one to do that with, you know? Uh-huh. We exactly. All five of the, uh, the original Scream movies last year in uh, 2022. And here's a new one. You know, just... Uh, what? Like... Uh, 14 months later? Yeah. After the super fifth fast. one came out? Love it. That was pretty good. Um, and like, how, how are we going to not talk about this, you know? So uh, if anyone has not 
seen this movie, mm-hmm. uh, we're definitely going to be getting into spoilers, but, you know, go watch the movie. Yeah. Get out there in the theaters. Go see it. Get out there. Go rub your teeth across the back of some chairs. Whoa, okay, Brent. No, it took oh it too far. It's still, still not great out there. I'm just, you know, you should go see Scream, though, for sure. Lick the bottom of some seats. Okay, Brent. I don't. I think this is just a you thing. I don't want to king shame, but I also want to spread safety. And touch your eyeballs to some armrests. That's what okay. I'm saying. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, okay. There's some good good advice there overall, but mm-hmm. I think uh, I think for for starting off, though, we're gonna get back to that. We're gonna get back to scream, but uh, I, I do have a few, or at least one other little thing. So I like to throw okay. in little mini topics. You and I talked about this off air. That uh, do we like to do mini topics? Do we like to spread those out here and there? Do we like to do uh, pop culture catch ups, which we're gonna do next week, right? When it's just so backed up. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of stuff we want to talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're going to give like just one thing in this episode. We're going to come back next week, do a bunch of them. But uh, what did you, uh, what did you been up to? What do you got a little mini topic for today, Brent? Well, Stephen, uh, on, well, just before Oscar weekend, there was a Netflix stand up special that came out and it was a live event. I didn't watch it live, but mm. it was, it was on Netflix after the fact. You, you pull it up right now. Uh, it is a stand up special by Chris Rock. Maybe you've heard of him. Oh. A recent altercation Interesting. he had about one year ago. That's true. That's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, His stand-up special is called Selective Outrage. Selective Outrage. I do like that title. And, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good for him right now. Uh, you know, sometimes the comedian's got to take on cancel culture, Stephen. <laughs> Why should any comedian have any other material beyond that? Right. Uh, look, it's, it's a hot topic conversation, and I, I do enjoy listening to various comedians talk about cancel culture even though i i still am kind of not sure exactly where i stand on it Mm -hmm. like if i hear someone talk about how um imposing cancel culture is i'm like oh come on just like you know talk about different shit and then if i hear other people talk about how it's not a problem i'm immediately like yes it is (laughs) like you're on both sides of that fence i'm a reverse waffler (laughs) you know whatever's the contrarian point that's me oh i love it um but uh, I like Chris Rock. I haven't seen or I haven't seen all of his stand up, but I, I have seen probably uh, over half of his his specials. Um, he's just an incredible comedian. And um, I, I remember watching he had a couple of stand up specials on HBO, like in the late 90s, oh, I think, okay, yeah, early 2000s enough. that were fucking hilarious. He had on like a, a full on silver suit in one oh, of them. Oh, all right. He looked like he was from the future, but as we know it now, which is like not real, you know? So uh, I, I have that memory. But uh, on this one, he I had assumed that he was going to address the the slap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. From uh, the 2022 Oscars. And uh, before he like got there, because I, I assumed it's like he's definitely got to save that as his closing material. I wonder, right? yeah. And and he does. Um, but leading up to that, I got to be honest, like the the first eh, 20 minutes or so seemed a little like kind of like, as the kids say, mid. Mm. There's like mid tier material. Mm-hmm. But like I could see his his bits were like getting funnier as he was going on. Ramping up. But but it was still kind of just like, oh, yeah, this is kind of funny or whatever. Yeah. Not anything that was like super memorable to me. But then 
I'm telling you, last eight minutes of the special is where he gets into the Oscar shit with Will Smith. And he comes alive. Oh, awesome. In that. And he just straight up <laughs> bodies Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's I, I really kind of was wondering if there's going to be some like hatchet burying or something like that. Spoilers. No. Yeah, there's not. He's he's it's very still too soon. Yeah, he's yeah. he's still upset about it, and I totally understand that right, you know, right, from right. his for his perspective. Um, but yeah, he goes in hardcore, uh, and uh, it was it was something to behold. So people are just curious about that. Just like right. watch the last eight minutes. It's it's intense, dude. Like it. He yeah. He unleashes a, a cannon. So pretty good for him. You know, uh, I still don't know really where I stand on the the whole issue. Um, I definitely think overall, like Will Smith was in the wrong, but I see some of his reasons why he kind of snapped in the moment, uh, for yeah. talking about his wife. Like I would fucking, uh, yeah, do a lot of things anyway to talk about my wife. So, but it's all just like a weird situation. And, and part of it's like just bullshit celebrity culture, but it's such big news. And it, it almost felt like after the Oscars the other year did the, the best picture mishap with La La Land and, and Moonlight that felt kind of like a ploy, like someone did that on purpose to get people to watch the Oscars. And then it's like, that still didn't work. And they're like, well, let's have fucking Will Smith just cold cock <laughs> someone on stage. And it's just like, yeah, that get people to watch like this year that the Oscar viewership went up. So there oh, you sure. go. Right. Like, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know how I stand about all of it, but I'm super intrigued to hear his response. I think he played this this shitty hand, Chris Rock. I think he he played it very well over the last year. I heard he kind of took some time off started hitting the the circuit again and like doing like discussing it here and there and building up this act. And then he comes out with this crescendo here where he's, you know, doing this amazing special or whatever, uh, which lackluster in the beginning or not, like led up to this amazing eight minutes that'll go down as probably some of the best comedy, topical comedy in history. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm intrigued about that. That one segment as well. I've, I don't remember watching any Chris Rock specials before. Mm-hmm. I, I always feel like he's, he's been good. I've liked him in things. I'm, I, I'm glad he's around. I like that he was in SNL and, uh, the crew he's, you know, grown up with and different movies and stuff. But uh, I'm not like going out to see his stuff necessarily. But this one, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is so interesting right now that I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's, it's in the zeitgeist for sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if next year for the Oscars, because there was, you know, this past Oscars was fine. Like I watched all of it and. Uh, oh, you did. I enjoyed it. I, uh, yeah. Was, oh, yeah. OK, right on. I liked it. Uh, I was I was there to see. Uh, how many awards everything everywhere all at once would right. win and it was like half yeah, it's pretty they're gonna win half the awards <laughs> you know congratulations <laughs> to them it was incredible um but also like nothing like wild happened right you know it's not, it's not the mtv vmas which i would go as far to say is like uh very much a culprit of staging shit to go down right not all the time, but when they when there was blood in the water, they're like, "Oh, let's stage some shit to happen." Or yeah, yeah. But for next year's Oscars, just so they can kind of get back in 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 that zeitgeist, back in the conversation, I imagine them bringing out a kiddie pool filled with Jello and having Tom <laughs> Hanks beat the shit out of Henry Winkler, or them beating the shit out of each other. You know, oh, those I two like nicest that. guys, right? Uh, that's ever existed, just fist fighting each other. They could do that during the uh, in memoriam, you know, video. <laughs> like instead of Lenny Kravitz on stage, it could just be America's two heroes duking it yeah. out in a in a vat of Jello. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That sounds yeah. like it's a crowd pleaser. I think it's going to get some more viewers, man. You're right. 
we'll have a uh, fucking seal out there singing a, a ballad. Kiss from a rose. Fuck, man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, fucking Michael Keaton comes out to like separate them. And they're like, guys, we're all friends. Yeah. So, so wearing, but he's wearing the Birdman costume. He's like, well, this is confusing, man. Oh you got to pick God. one. It's like, I was Batman and the Vulture. What do you want from oh, me? You know, man. this is my own thing. Yeah. It's kind of my own thing. You know, <laughs> I am Birdman. <laughs> but like speaking of the in memoriam, uh, I guess there was a lot of people that got left out of the in memoriam. They always do. Yeah, they, they always do. And I'm curious, do they not hire a uh, person <laughs> to keep track of this shit? It's so weird. I don't it's every How year you, people complain about it. I don't know why it's so hard. Your job is to read the obituaries, right. the Hollywood obituaries. <laughs> Every day, and then like f- Google an image right. of that actor, Done. actress, producer, caterer, whomever, you know, and just like throw that shit up in there. Right. They always miss people. I I feel like this year, uh, and I like that they put up like QR codes. They'd be like, like even on that one, they were like, we know we can't fit in everybody, so here's like everybody. You can go to our website and like it'll have like a, a tribute page, or whatever. And that was cool. But they mm. miss some big names. They always miss ones that are like more recent. But it's like again, like this is just a PowerPoint. It's like just throw a slide in there, yeah. insert whoever, and then move on. Like, but it's they always miss people. Yeah, they could display like four people at a time or whatever, you know? Right. And then just be Why like, not? hold your applause. Yeah, please, ma'am. Why are you cheering? Why are you cheering for their death? Right. <laughs> Fuck that That's guy. The thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, in Hollywood, yeah. They could have, like, it, at know? this point especially, they could really have, like, the clapping good in memoriam and then, like, the glad you're in hell segment. And it could be, like, oh, Harvey yeah. Weinstein would be, you know, that could be, like, the inaugural one. People were, like, yeah. just can boo them together. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cathartic, I think. That'd be nice. Yeah. Get rid of them. May, nobody wants to see may, the pictures, I guess. May Harvey and his backwarts rot in hell for eternity. <laughs> Enjoy your breakfast, listener. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. The Oscars in general, though, not backwards, mm-hmm. but um, the Oscars oh, in general, yeah, okay. because uh, I didn't know that you were going to watch it. That was cool. I, I We had moved our podcast around the recording so that I could watch it. I, I'd forgotten about it. I, it mm-hmm. kind of stuck up on me this year and last year. And then, uh, yeah, I watched it, too. I liked that they included a lot more segments. They... Uh, they kind of treated some people bad, like on the on the lower end ones, like the special effects stuff. They kept cutting people off, but they did have some good speeches. They let people, you know, do. Uh, it was great to see everything everywhere all at once, like win a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. That's what I wanted to, to bring up as much uh, because obviously we love that movie. A lot of our friends love that movie. So many people love that movie, and I never expected it to go this far. When I first saw it, uh, I didn't expect it would win Best Picture or that like my parents would ask about seeing it. My, my dad asked, uh, has it on the way. He told me he, he asked about it and I said, I think you would like it, but maybe not mom. Uh, so we're going to see. And then, uh, my in-laws asked about it yesterday too. And they're like, Steven, you've seen that. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, we want to see it. Cause it won best picture. And I was like, okay, hmm. it's yeah. great. And it's about family and about mother daughter relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. but I brought it up to my brother and he was like, yeah, it also has hot dog hands and butt plugs. And like, I'm like, I'm so curious to see what our parents are going to think about it. Uh, I don't know. Rakakuni. Right. <laughs> like, it's so yeah. weird, but it's beautiful. I love it so much. And uh, uh, Kihu Kwan won for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, yeah. um, and yeah. his speech was one of the very first, right? They did like animation. And then uh, his speech, man, from the get go, Amanda and I were fucking bawling, man. He 
I love that dude. And his, his comeback has been so amazing to watch, but he was in that speech and he was so emotional and we were both just kind of crying. And then he talks about his brother's Goonie forever, Jeff Cohen. And I fucking oh. lost it. And Amanda was like, what's yeah. wrong? What's happening? And I, I like through sobs, I was I'm pulling him up and I was like, he is chunk and he's uh, wants to, uh, he, he brokered the deal. He's a lawyer now and he brokered yeah. the deal for this movie. I was like losing it. And, uh, and then Kiyu Kwan like looks in the screen and he's like, you out there, if you have a dream, you should, you should be out there and do it. And I was like, oh my God. It's the second award. <laughs> we were so emotional, man. It was beautiful, yeah. beautiful to see him win. And then to go on from there and have so many people uh, uh, do so well. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was like Michelle Yeoh and then uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was amazing. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. Ah. She had mentioned uh, she had like kind of bigged up uh, genre movies. Right. Amazing. Which was great. Yeah. It's like her start. It's like our fucking Laurie Strode won an Oscar, man. It's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't even expect it for her. That one really surprised me. So super happy for her. But uh, yeah, it was just a good show. It made me feel good about the Oscars again. And uh, we had a good time. And like some of the, the speeches, Brendan Fraser obviously winning was great. You know, like the, the comeback stories this year was fantastic. And uh, I'm excited to see whatever, you know, everybody ends up doing again. But uh, the Daniels had a great night, man. They oh, were fucking yeah. stellar. And uh, it was just mm-hmm. great to see. So yeah, it was good. I- I thought that the Daniels were like brothers, uh, and their last name was oh, Daniels. Daniels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it wasn't until like the week before the Oscars that I had heard that it's like, no, that's their first name. Oh my god, and they're like amazing. different races, you know? Right, like, right. Oh, well, even still, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. They had cool suits on. I oh, like the they're, way they dressed. They're, they're cool. so fucking cool, man. Yeah, I uh, I watched. I found after that they won, I think, uh, YouTube also the algorithm just like served up whatever, uh, one of their music videos. I didn't know. I knew they were, they came from like that world, but I didn't know what they had done. They did, um, turn down for what? Shots. <laughs> they did that. Have you seen that video before? I don't think so. No. I don't remember it at all. Dude, it's essentially everything everywhere all at once without any story. It's like that type oh of my crazy God. fucking visuals. It starts with a dude like either on the roof or in an apartment and he basically can't stop humping the air he can't stop dancing and humping the air and he falls through the roof into another apartment and then that chick can't stop humping the air and they fall through again into a family's apartment and everybody fucking loses it and it's just like there's like so much action and dancing and splinters and like zooms and crazy shit going on you're like you can totally see where they came from and uh it's kind of amazing uh yeah it was fascinating i i kind of love that trope uh, like falling through uh, levels of a building. Oh, right. There's a, a music video by this band called Zebrahead. I think it's for their song Get Back. And they did that same thing. And it was like, oh, this is kind of interesting because you kind of change things up right. throughout the course of the, the three minutes or whatever. You know? So, um, yeah. And it happens everywhere. You never know where you're going to fall Constantly. through a ceiling. Happens everywhere. Uh, every Everything all at once. It doesn't really work. <laughs> the, the everything was thrown off. Everywhere all at once would have been the, the better go to. Yeah, maybe, so but you know, I wanted to incorporate the whole thing in there. And so, uh, you know what? This is uh, sometimes you live and you learn. Um, will I learn from this? Probably not. Probably gonna probably try it again. Oh, yeah. Well, that I'm learning is to uh, just try harder. If you, you know? get knocked down, you get back up again. You're never gonna keep me down, Stephen. <laughs> no, no. 
so yeah, uh, that's I really that would be great for me for the mini topic. I I had meant to bring up the Oscars anyway, so uh, we already kind of transitioned from that. So uh, what do you say we just get into the main topic then? Real quick on the topic of Chumbawamba, it just clicked in my brain that <laughs> that's also that's kind of also advice that Alfred gave uh, a oh, young Bruce Wayne right. in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Interesting, Master Wayne. You know, like my favorite band, Chumba Wumba, what's it? <laughs> well, we fall down. We must get back up again. Master White. That would have been an amazing needle drop in that movie if they had done it. Mm-hmm. Master Wayne, do you see how wet my eyeballs are? <laughs> it looks like I'm crying, but I'm not, Master White. Oh, God. I like I him. I like him a lot. Michael yeah, Caine. He's, such, yeah. he's great. And thanks, thank you, Michael Caine, for stopping by. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. He, 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 had okay. to, he had to run, but he did, he did want to express his love for Chumbawamba. So. That's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knew he's a big been, been a big fan for a long time. He always wears the T-shirts. But, you know, we all kind of knew know, it, but him. it wasn't until he right. said it that it really exactly. cemented in our brains. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So yes. uh, main topic? Main topic. Want to get into this? Um, do you want to do a right. spoiler-free discussion first? Oh, we haven't done that in a while. Uh, especially, I guess, yeah, because we haven't really done like a main topic movie in a long time. So, um, yeah, I like that. Let's do, I don't know, like roughly like 10 minutes maybe. Okay. See how it lands. But um, I would certainly love that. Do you want me to still start off with the uh, cast and crew and such? Uh, or do you want to do that once we get into the main main movie, we can just talk about our experiences and stuff There's so a couple of actors toward the beginning of this movie that maybe you don't want to spoil. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. you don't know when in a whodunit, revealing the cast is almost a little much. Can be. Yeah. So, OK. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. So let's just uh, talk about I, I mentioned my theater experience. Yeah. Lovely theater experience from uh, my viewing last week. That's great. Please tell me you had a, a good experience. What, what was it like? Uh, I had a uh, I, I guess a good experience. It wasn't bad for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to go see Scream 5 last year. Uh, on either side of us we had people talking and mm. come to find out after the fact that they were family but they i don't know why they didn't <laughs> sit together they decided to sit on either side of us and both there was like the the kids on the right of us and then the the parents to the left and they uh, both of them just talking on their phones to to me it seemed like the mother had the screen brightness on her phone turned all the way up to 106% somehow. Right, right. It, it was just so she annoying. She found a TikTok I, hack to <laughs> Yeah, I it. guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a nightmare. This was much better, and mm. we would go see it the the uh, like a week after its release, right? So it, it's oh, right, two right. Fridays deep into its theatrical release here in the U.S., and uh, it was like a... When, whenever we bought our tickets, it was like maybe four other people uh, at that mm-hmm. time, we bought them Thursday night on the the app. But right. um, when we got there, people kept like funneling in. It wasn't a full capacity theater, but it was like probably like eighty percent full by the time oh, the great. movie started. So it was it was nice a, a nice turnout for it. And uh, to uh, to my delight, it was mostly women in there, and it was like mm-hmm. groups of women that were like sitting together. You brought your trench coat. Is that why it was well, to your delight, Stephen? You know. <laughs> Not to be gross, but uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But I did. Uh, like part of me wanted to like ask them, "Do you? Do you just? Is it? Is it Scream specifically that you like, or do you mm, like horror? Oh, right. You know, I didn't bother any of them because that's uh, right. you know, 
I don't want to do that. I don't want to bring that energy. Yeah, I'm not a not a creep. Oh, I'm a creep. I just don't want them to know. You know. <laughs> yeah. Is this your favorite scary movie? <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, okay, sir, you're gonna need to leave. Yeah. Brandy, your wife's over there. Like, fuck this guy. Yeah. I don't know. I, him. I don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So it was uh, it was cool to see like groups of women like coming to this and mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe this is them taking ownership of the franchise. Yeah. More than I, I would have seen in uh, in other like horror movie franchises. Like, I guess I don't really see a lot of horror movies in theaters now that I think about it. Like my wife and I would That's go true. to see the, the paranormal activity movies just for like mm-hmm. kind of the fun of it, you know, of, of seeing. Oh, yeah. Seeing It'd this like fun. boring ass movie in person until the very end. You know, <laughs> it's like a Chris Rock special special. The last eight minutes. Stellar. Right. But super good. Yeah. But um. Yeah, like we had an, an overall pleasant experience. There weren't people like talking or or anything like that. So that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you. Yeah, we, when you bring up the uh, the women in the audience and stuff, I do. I did notice that myself during this one in particular, for whatever reason, that uh, this these movies really are like female centric. They like mm-hmm. they obviously have the final girl, but I was like, Gail is a second final girl to Sydney, and then now it's two sisters. And, yeah. Uh, obviously you have a lot of, you know, different characters along the way, but like Kirby again, like strong, badass woman and stuff yeah. like you get, a, a, a the whole sense of the, the franchise that the franchise you call it, uh, is, is filled with strong, mm-hmm. badass women. And there, it's like basically instead of focusing on Michael Myers, it's basically a movie about like, let's follow Laurie Strode. Right. And then there's a bunch of Laurie Strodes in there and it's, mm-hmm. they're all awesome. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I think, I think the the ladies just uh, recognize that my mm-hmm. wife certainly fucking loves it and uh you know we watch these movies all the time so yeah it's always been one of her favorites so there you yeah go. yeah and it's even though there's like a lot of female leads in there i think there's something that everyone can enjoy you know like um even though it has like younger people you and i are, mm-hmm. are violently old men you know and uh mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. the scream uh, i'm sorry five cream and then scream six part of me was like oh these kids are going to be annoying. And I only know this because oh, right. when I was yeah. that age, I was annoying. Some say continue to be, but as I'm watching the movie, I am like, you kind of grow to like love these characters and, and right. their relationships with each other and the, the, the bond they form over, uh, you know, surviving five cream into, mm-hmm. into this one. It's just, I don't know. There's something about this, this French that uh, really speaks to me more than i i thought oh, it had i love it previously so yeah yeah and i love that it can grow with you now mm-hmm. uh that you're it, it's kind of like too like my my nephew i haven't talked to him yet if he's seen this one or anything but uh, my nephew christian is so into the horror stuff and i'm like mm-hmm. he gets a whole new brand of you know brand new set of these that have been really quite great just like i like that he gets to experience halloween and the the new movies and everything so mm-hmm. Uh, especially Halloween ends, obviously everybody's favorite, um, non-divisive <laughs> at all. Yeah, not, uh, not even a little bit. <laughs> but uh, for this one, uh, did you want to go ahead, since this is non-spoiler, mm-hmm. talk about the movie itself? Do you want to talk about, obviously I've, I've gushed about this movie a little yeah. bit last week, so people know that I liked it, but mm-hmm. do you want to talk about your feelings about it? What'd you, uh, what'd you think? Yeah, again, uh, no spoilers for this part of it, but yeah, I fucking had a blast watching it. And awesome. uh, the, I just, anytime any of the, the main characters from either the, the the earlier part of the franchise or right. the the modern one are on screen they have my full attention which is the entire movie and that's kind of all you can ask for any type of movie right so uh i i like the mixture of the the new and old together 
but their characters are consistent from one movie to the next. Yeah, good um, point. And there were some uh, twists in the movie to where I thought, oh, okay, so here's some new information. And it, you know, the the Scream franchise is based on the the idea of a whodunit, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever you find out new information, that gets things turning in your brain like, oh, okay, well, could this be the killer? And also, since previously the killers have been multiple people in the past, mm-hmm. uh, just because one person has an alibi doesn't mean they still can't be the killer. Right. So <laughs> it's, that's, that's like the fun of it. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I went into watching this movie. I, I tried to just live in the moment of it because I know I am terrible at figuring out who a killer is. If it's like mm. a, a, a true crime documentary or if it's a whodunit movie with actors in it, I never know because I'm so <laughs> right. terrible at it. So I don't even I'm not even trying to employ the, the brain space to figure that right. out. I just sat there and watched the movie. And then when you find out the killer uh, toward the end of the movie, uh you know, it's a little bit like Scooby-Doo, the Scream franchise, where they oh, yeah, kind of right. lay it out and they, they explain their motivations and whatnot, um, which is necessary because without that, you'd be like, huh? Why? Why you? Right, right. You know? It'd be confusing on any you of them. You want the explanation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that's my review. Is I, I I had a blast watching this movie. I love that they moved it to New York. It, yeah. It feels different, but it also still, still feels like scream yeah that's a great way mm-hmm. to put it F- feels different but it still feels like scream i yeah. feel like they uh they i don't I, i'd have to watch it more to see like my thoughts of this one versus scream like five cream versus scream five mm-hmm. i um i like that one a lot but it also had a it was the same thing doing you know rehashing the original like force awakens right it's there's something to it that's gonna be nostalgic and cool but this one they got to really do their own thing and they still referenced other movies, in particular Scream 2. They kind of followed yeah. some beats of that that I loved being a huge fan of Scream 2. But we've never been to New York before. We've been to L.A. and we've been outside of Woodsboro with uh, Part 2. And, and they're like in a small tol- college town. But this felt right at home. And yeah. uh, it was in, in New York. And it was it was different but cool. And it was totally Scream. So I oh, had a blast absolutely. with it. I, yeah. I love And that was one of the things I liked about Halloween Kills is that other people were aware that Michael Myers existed and they were like actively trying to stop him. I understand that like Ooh, right. other uh, fans of that franchise don't necessarily like that movie. I fucking love it. You know, it's, it's mm, definitely mm-hmm. my jam. But in this movie, in, in Scream 6, people are aware of Ghostface as a concept, in, even in New York. But right. it's just like, they don't really necessarily take it seriously and just because mm-hmm. you're in a group of people and people could see this in the trailer when that like train scene right um, right right there's still people in ghostface masks you're in, in an enclosed space paranoid about is this just a person in a costume or is this actually ghostface it's i love the paranoia aspect of this movie yeah i thought it call. just like hits so well i thought the movie is very well directed and uh yeah i love the overall tone of it i loved anytime we saw anything outdoors it felt real like mm-hmm. some sometimes they're they're building exteriors and whatnot that are in the background that would be like i guess you could do that in cgi but why burn the calories on on that you know right right um it just it just felt like this movie expanded the the actual like world of 
screen yeah. to me and uh, i fucking in a great way it. oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's funny because you say like it felt real it felt like new york city to me yeah but it's montreal but it <laughs> yeah. totally works yeah. like who cares it, it totally works yeah uh, montreal looks beautiful it's great but um yeah just just expanding that world and giving them everybody a bigger playground and uh it's a little bit now that you think about it it's kind of like home alone too, lost in the city <laughs> you know it's like you take them out of the house the suburbs and you bring them to the to this big city yeah Trump wasn't in this one which is great oh so, that's good yeah uh, that would have been too scary has a leg up too scary yeah, yeah. exactly yeah too scary Bumped up the rating this movie's brutal but you don't need to see rudy giuliani or anything oh you know? my god yeah don't have nightmares yeah um but yeah so uh i i yeah it was uh kind of all that cast in the big city and it was it was awesome for that so uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I really dug it. So uh, is that good for for non-spoiler? I think so. I think we've we've talked all we can without uh, getting into the nitty gritty of it. So we can jump into spoilers now if you would like. Fantastic, man, because I got a lot to say about this movie. So um, as I said, I watched this about a week ago, so I was a little and I've only seen it once. So it's not as fresh in my mind, but I did go through the synopsis online that somebody graciously wrote on Wikipedia like usual. And it really helped me remember all the little beats and and notes and stuff. So I, I, I do have a lot of notes. Uh, to hit and uh, I wanted to start off by reading the casting crew as we do so uh, this is once again um, I believe they also wrote the last one um, James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick were the uh, writers of Five Cream they might have had a, a third writer on that one too I can't remember but uh, they're returned for this and then also Radio Silence the directors uh, Matt Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillett uh, returned for this and uh, as we discussed they did great on Five Cream and I think they, uh, they knocked it out of the park in this one yep. so it was great to see them come back I know I as recently as today on, on our record on Sunday, I looked up and they don't have a green light yet for Scream 7, but I oh. imagine it's doing well enough that it's going to going to get there. And uh, and they said that they hope to be, you know, a part of it, but they'll they'll be glad to, you know, be able to uh, see anybody like continue on the French. So yeah. Uh, they use they call it a French, oh. which is nice. Oh, uh, good. They're using our terminology. There's actually exactly. I, I'm curious if there's some other El Tas influence in this movie, which oh, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll get to later on. But <laughs> okay, you know, good, yeah. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some things we need to point out that we obviously have a, a hand of course. in for sure, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on characters by Kevin Williamson, of course, we got um, a lot of people returning from the last movie, and then uh, obviously I want to talk about Nev Campbell, Sydney not returning in this movie, so. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec, but for a cast, we had Melissa Barrera, Jasmine Savoy-Brown, Jack Champion, Henry Zerny, Mason Gooding, Leanna Liberato, Dermot Mulroney, uh, Jenna Ortega. I don't know why she's so far on this list. I'm I just know, it's weird. It. Uh, she's yeah, like, that, she should have been the co-lead yeah. of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, there's some from the trailers. I'll definitely I'll mention some people uh, in a little bit. This is full full spoilers, though, right? Full, so we yes. can mm-hmm. read whoever. So um, Tony Revolori, mm-hmm. uh, Samara Weaving, yeah. Hayden Panettiere, and Courtney Cox rounding out that uh, that that OG cast. So yeah, um, yeah. So Dewey obviously bit the dust mm-hmm. uh, last time. So in the last movie, so Gail returns to this, but. Sydney, obviously Nev Campbell had a um, a financial dispute with the company. She didn't feel like she was being offered what she was valued as a, a member of this French. And so she decided not to return. I almost spoiled last week. That was the one thing I was holding out hope that she was going to be at least the after credit sequence. Yeah. They would tease that. She, and like maybe this was all a ploy and she was going to show up in a cameo at the end of the movie or something. And that did not happen. She was definitely not in this movie. So... Uh, that is 100% a, not a ploy. That is a yeah. real fight. 
and uh, which we suspected. I just still hoped for, you know, out hope. But uh, but yeah, it was I didn't miss her uh, as much as I thought I might. Yeah. It it always feels like I want to see Sydney, but they they reference her briefly that her family you know went into hiding basically when this one happened, which is yeah. an interesting choice. I also wrote my note for for why she's not in this is um, much like I like Scream Four now because it has a place in the in the franchise as being the short sort of shitty sequel of 2011. Like you kind of need that part four in there, and I like it for that reason. Uh, you need you need one that doesn't have Laurie Strode in it. You need a sequel like to follow the past franchises that kind of this one mimics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need one where Sydney's not in it, and then you get the triumphant return. So I I'm hoping that they they do figure that out and they give her all the fucking money in the world. Yeah, and that she comes back for Scream Seven with a bang. But uh, I yeah. kind of like that reason that she's not in it for once, just mm. to kind of fulfill that sequel role. So yeah, and. I'm wondering how well this movie is doing it. it like I said, the, the theater was like at 80% capacity two weekends into when I saw it. So totally it, great. It, it seems like it's doing well enough that I'm wondering if the studio's like, we didn't have her in this last one. Right. Uh, <laughs> and we're doing fine. You know what? Let me, let me, let me pull open my, uh, let me break out the gateway computer for this one. Let's type into <laughs> open a high Sydney Prescott. There we go. We'll put her there in this movie. Um, I, I I wondered the same thing. I was like, oh, she's not in this movie. Watch. She's going to be Ghostface. She's going to be Ghostface. I wondered, she's, dude. Yeah, I, I wondered. <laughs> like, you don't know. You don't know what's real or what's what's not, right. you know? So, right. um, but yeah, she's, she's definitely not in this movie. I do like the mentions of it. I do like them saying, oh, no, she went into hiding because it's like, right. she's been through enough. Leave this poor woman alone right. with her family. Um, so nice it's, it's like... You just need that one line, one or two lines, and then, you know, she's good. Um, it worked, yeah. Yeah. And then I I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, man, it, especially when Gail comes into the movie, I thought, oh, is it going to be weird with Sydney not being there? But the movie right. has such a good pace to it and such momentum that it doesn't really let you stop to worry about that necessarily agree like if she just like showed up in the movie great but if not also that's fine like there's already enough going on at that point you know so um speaking of gail showing up steven gail but notice last year in 2022 you and i we reviewed the the first five screen movies of the course of five weeks you know Mm -hmm. went through all of them it was great had a blast doing it and then in this movie, Scream 6, Gail Weathers, she shows up. Her, the first time we see her on screen, she's wearing a blue blazer. Not just, not just blue, Stephen, but Eltas blue. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, wow. Paramount. It's Paramount. The subtle. I see yeah. you. Yeah. I know you heard the episodes. <laughs> okay. There's, Do we have any buttons for sale? Because they probably needed a button. They didn't have one. Oh, okay. You know? Fuck. And then she couldn't put on a t-shirt because Gail doesn't wear t-shirts, so. A lot of people uh, at the Oscars Man. this year were wearing those, like, blue ribbons. And I was like, is it for us? Is it for- <laughs> We're it's, not vain or anything, it's but. It's probably for us, you know? <laughs> blue? That, yeah, of course. Blue obviously comes back to the podcast. Um but the, the, speaking of blue, there was a lot of people wearing blue shirts in this movie. Like, oh, I didn't even notice. Like, it stood out to me so much that I was like, I wonder what the metaphor is for this. Because it seemed like 
anyone who is wearing blue, and I could be wrong. Maybe I'm missing uh-huh. this. But I, I, wonder. I, I yeah. noticed as I was watching the movie, if you have on a blue shirt, you might get attacked, but you survive. Huh. And it's like I, opposite of the red shirt yeah. from Star Trek. Like, you're not going to die. Right. But you're going to be attacked. Interesting. And I'm like, wow. We did five episodes, five people wearing Altas blue in this fucking thing, right? And they all survive. Huh. Okay. Okay. Man. Okay. Okay. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm like, <laughs> okay. Okay, Paramount, you know? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I, uh, Luma not. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, uh, I wonder, I don't notice a lot of color theory throughout movies. I don't, I, I don't notice it usually, but if it's noticeable enough to you, then maybe there is. And I, I'm curious about that. I still have only seen this movie once, but that's something I'm going to be looking for. So blue shirts for the win, baby. Were they light blue shirts usually, or is it all kinds of colors of blue? Usually. Um, what was that one guy? Uh, the, the, oh my God, the cute boy, I think is what they called him. I think his name oh, is the Danny. Oh, the street? Danny. Yeah. Oh my God, cute that boy. guy is a beautiful man. What a Dude, fucking hunk. Took his shirt off. He's great. No he, wonder the ladies he was, in this movie, yeah. He was in the, the She-Hulk series. And then before oh, okay, that, cool. I saw him in the show called The Other Two that is on Comedy Central hmm. slash HBO Max slash. Oh, wait, what? It's gone. <laughs> OK, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. But uh, yeah, he's he's so funny uh, in like in both of those previous shows that I watched. And then in this, he was like, I, I you know, like when you have an actor from a, a TV show that's maybe not like as well received. And then you kind of see them go on and do other like TV acting right. roles or whatever. And then they get to be in a movie that's like in a major franchise. I just get so happy for people like that, man. Like he's, he's so good. And he's, he was good in this movie too. I didn't know him from anything else. So that's great oh, that's that you awesome. know him from other things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he was kind of a standout on this one. I thought he was a good um, red herring. You know, we always wonder about the boyfriend and they, I feel like this movie overall, too, all throughout now is just uh, they're, they're smart. I like the ladies because they these two sisters are, are, are pretty smart about um, most of their decisions. They're trying to be safe. They trust some wrong people like everybody always does in the in the movies, but they try to make good decisions as they can. So, um, yeah, I, I liked him as, a, as as an addition to the movie. And he was a good red herring. I, I didn't know if I could trust him for a while. So, yeah, and then he, he turns out all right. So we'll see if he comes back. And uh, his his name is Josh Segarra. And so it's him and uh, Jenna Ortega and then um, uh, Melissa Barrera. So you've essentially got like in main acting roles in this movie, you've got mm. at least three people of Hispanic descent that are like the new forebearers of this franchise, you know. So it's right. that's pretty fucking cool. Well, and then, yeah, just people in co- of color in general yeah. for the for the core four. Yeah. Uh, as I love the the nerd Chad says, yeah, um, all of them are, are people of color. And uh, it's, it's kind of nice to see that move forward because it represents more of what life is really like now. So I guess it didn't really click with me that his name was Chad until someone mentioned it in this movie. And I was <laughs> like, oh, pretty yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I like him a lot, man. He's, He's so, so charming. Good, man. I yeah. did. They set up a romance between he and jenna ortega's character in the in five cream no because okay. wes had they wes had a crush on her they talk about um the one that bit it in the neck but uh oh. but yeah I, I think chad had that other girlfriend right so yeah they never really mentioned oh, yeah, it that's right but okay. i like i like their chemistry in this one i felt it's like very that was cute. a yeah a natural progression for for 
for characters that have been in a traumatic situation together and yeah. gone to college together and been friends and whatever. Yeah. It was cute to see them together. Yeah, for sure. Man, anytime any of the core four got attacked, I was like, no. I know, right? <laughs> Every one this. of them. These are my so new sad. friends. You can't take them away from me like this. You, know? <laughs> you can't. You can't. I like do it. them. Uh, how did you play next week? How did you feel about uh, Hayden Panettiere coming? Or, yeah. What was her name in this? I forget. Uh, Kirby. Kirby. Yes. How Kirby. can I forget? What a great name. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. When, um, yeah. Sorry. Back. <laughs> like I, I get in this habit of asking you a question and then I just continue talking for a long time. So I was trying oh, to, no, no, no. Please, to please. curb the Kirby conversation. Oh, but indeed, indeed. I, I do have to say that uh, whenever I saw, because I knew she was going to come back. She's on the poster and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I didn't know in what capacity she would be brought back. And then oh, right. I when they you. bring yeah. her back and they, they take her, they're, uh, you know, the kids are at the, the police station. They walk into this separate room and she's got her feet kicked up on the desk because she's this Ooh. this cute blonde woman who's part of the FBI. I was like, did they rip this from like what would have been a season four of Veronica Mars? Oh, right. I couldn't help but think that it's not she's true, short, right? You know, but yeah. like you know, it's just t- too many, too many boxes checked there. But um, I it's your conspiracy theory for the movie. You know, mm-hmm. you can't say it's Illuminati, Stephen. Exactly. <laughs> See, you did it much better. Yeah, we got there. It was a team effort. But uh, but yeah, I I really liked her coming back. And then again, heavy spoilers for this movie at the end where they reveal that she's no longer with the FBI. I was like, oh, oh, fuck. You're like, I didn't even see it coming. They're doing this, you know? Right, right. He's Steven, I'm Brent. They're doing it. And <laughs> to, to see them, like, kind of even hint at the idea of one of the, the, the main cast members from a previous movie right, being right. the villain, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. This is great. They didn't do that, which, honestly, I'm kind of glad. You know, but uh, with Kirby, I didn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love Kirby. I didn't want her to be the killer. Much like Sydney. Like, I also wondered if she would be the ghost face under the mask, you know, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And it would be sucky. Yeah. For either of them. Yeah, for sure. So, But, you know, the at, at this point in the, the, the franchise, the French, I call it a French, they have been kind of hearkening back, especially this movie where you go to like the the ghost cave or whatever and you see the shrine to all of the previous murders that had happened in this world oh, right, and right. you've got like the you know how like batman's bat cave you've got the the different versions of the the bat costumes that are hung up in a glass case <laughs> he's got the same thing great. but um i was like i do love that who would hearken back this much to the past and i'm like look i'm not good at like guessing i'm just gonna venture a wild guess here you know mm-hmm. this, this this is from like the opposite end of the basketball court i'm just gonna chunk fucking football (laughs) toward the other hoop it's not even gonna make it past half court but uh i was like what if in this movie they bring back matthew lillard as Ghostface? and i kind of wondered that about five cream as well but they they never did but like i know i know just a throwaway line to be like oh no he survived (laughs) you know it doesn't have to be anything too wild you kind of just want to see these people back on screen i love matthew lillard he seems like a a good dude as well good dude and great actor he's wonderful Stu. i would love to see him back because he's so unhinged um yeah i 100 dude I, i had the same thought i feel like these uh these movies have been dropping hints about him in the in, in five cream they mentioned billy so much and it's mm-hmm. uh, so much that it's like the one that tara gets wrong she forgets to mention Stu mocker is also the, one of the killers oh and they kept bringing him up over and over again so much 
And they did it in this one, too. They, like, brought him up a few times. Like, people forget about him. And I'm like, it's almost like they're trying to subtly be like, yeah, everybody's forgotten about him so that we will be like, he's the killer, right? And I I actually would have preferred... Uh, I know we're in spoiler territory, but I do kind of, you know, kind of want to leave some things. But okay. for who the killers were, I wish it still was Matthew Lillard. I It's, <laughs> it's like a countdown to the masks, mm-hmm. right? Like they're leaving That's, each mask. Yeah. And it's that makes sense that it would be his mask. Like it's not Billy's. It's it was counting down to him. I would love for just to see him rip the the old ghost face mask off and it'd be Matthew Lillard smiling underneath, which is so mm. creepy by itself. But his face would be all cut up from that TV that landed on his head and he'd be all like the Joker, essentially. Oh, and I'd yeah. be like, that'd be fucking awesome. Like mm. he just survived that. He got out of prison, whatever. Like he's got oh, I would he's love got the it. word damage tattooed on his forehead. <laughs> he's got golden teeth. Of course. Yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> He could have pulled that off more, I feel like, than Leto, by the way. I feel like Matthew Lillard has a good Joker look. He's got a big mouth, big smile, They're unhinged. There, there could be a scene where, uh, like, Chad goes to check his mailbox. He opens up a, a package. It's just, like, an unfurled condom. Not used, but it's just like, <laughs> oh, this is weird. He just it's throws weird. it in the trash. <laughs> this sucks, he says. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I would have loved him, man. I would have loved it if he showed up. Yeah. But, that's cool. They, I still feel like they're dropping hints weirdly. They keep talking about him in weird ways, and and I'm like, are, are you planning on him coming back in seven? Yeah, that'd be intriguing. I don't know, but uh, I, I think he would have been a good reveal for this one in particular. I was kind of curious about what they were going to do with Billy and um, uh, Melissa Barrera's character mm-hmm. because, like, they touch on it a little bit. He shows up as a reflection in the glass case a couple of times, right? And uh, I'm, I'm still kind of waiting to see what happens there. I I am like fully invested in that storyline oh, going forward, okay. you know, because it's just so interesting to me that mm-hmm. she comes from this lineage and she's got this voice in her head, but and, and she's trying to address it. You see that earlier in this movie, right. she's going to therapy and the therapist had to kind of like drag it out of her. And he was like, Look, uh, we can go ahead and wrap up here. Anything else you want to say? And like, he, you see him on his app. He just ordered a Beyond Burger from Burger King. Right. She's gonna be ready in like eight minutes. He's like, oh, we can just wrap it up here. And she drops all this information. And he's like, oh shit, oh fuck, oh goddamn, crazy. Oh, I'm gonna run out of ink in my pen. <laughs> Holy shit! But um, and then at the end of the movie, I thought she was going to take that ghost face mask with oh. her, but she just drops it on the ground. So I was like, okay. Um, I I'm so glad we're jumping around for one because this is exactly how I need to experience this movie with you yeah, right now. Yeah. Not it's not fresh enough in my mind to remember, and this is this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, yes, I love that as well. I feel like that's the idea of like if Sydney actually was the ghost face in this, but it never makes sense for her. Yeah. She she could have turned her trauma into something bad, and that that could have been a a storyline, and it would have been kind of shitty. I'm glad that they've always kept her pure, and she's the one trying to just get out of the shitty life. But now they've been able to do a really good thing with Sam because she is Billy's daughter. She does feel like she has this killer blood in her mm-hmm. um, and it's been playing with her. Like, I love how they how she turns the tables on each killer each time and she stabs the fuck out of everybody. And it's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, that's another slight tweak to this movie. I wish would happen is they slowly like have her reveal at the very end when she survived and she's about to walk away with her sister that she opens her coat and then it flashes to the ghost face mask, which she drops. Like you said, I thought she had already, we knew she took Billy's knife earlier, even before she mm-hmm. put on the mask. 
I thought she was going to have Billy's knife in there and I wish she did keep it. Yeah. I wish she would have folded it back up in her, her coat and she has the original one and she is still dealing with that. I feel like she is still doing it, but her dropping the mask says she's, you know, made some sort of psychological progress and she's moving on from it. But I love how they can play with that with her character. And I feel like she is a fantastic actress. I I liked her way better in this one than even the last one. I think she really came into her character and, I really like Scream 2 as well. Sydney is re- a resilient hero. She's no longer the the pure girl, right? She's yeah. had sex. Mm-hmm. She's survived. She's killed the boyfriend. She's killed all these people, whatever. She's survived and she's changed. And this one too, I like how Tara and Sam have changed. And uh, and all the characters, the core four and everything. But yeah. they really just lead this the fuck out of this thing. And I love that they've like, they have two main characters, like you said. Like that's a fantastic yeah. split. They just really could play with some stuff from the French and then in the past and then new stuff. And and they're really knocking it out of the park, the two of them. So, yeah, one of the things I like about them, there being two leads to this movie is that it gives you like double the people to care about and like mm. dread anything bad happening to. Totally. And I think that's kind of a, a smart approach to that. And I, I feel like I don't know, like it, how this movie was written. Is it is it just like two writers, two writers, uh-huh. two writers? OK, interesting. I, I want to. I want to be a fly on that wall so bad, you know, because the the way they pepper in references to the previous movies mm. is so interesting. Right, right. Because, like, for this franchise in particular, it, like, fucking Billy came back in a way, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. What's to stop fucking, uh, what's his name? Stu from coming back in a similar way. So, to... To be like, okay, here's the the general outline we have for a script. What are the Easter eggs we could throw in? What are the right. references we can mention? And just to like have those conversations about them pitching ideas back and forth uh, to include, and that would be like fascinating to me because some of the stuff, like in his little like ghost cave, I was like, what is? I don't even remember what this is in reference to, but it's fucking Ooh. cool to look at, you know? The ghost cave alone was just such a oh, in an old cinema, oh beautiful just such yeah. a beautiful i loved it in the trailers it played out pretty much how i expected you know some sort of shrine whatever they, mm-hmm. they kind of say that in there too but how it all plays out and what it looks like the, the more they showed the stuff like anything in there like the more easter eggs there were like there's so much memorabilia in there i love the whole concept that uh, somebody would be obsessed with that and collect all that stuff which was fantastic um, but you're right it's like i feel like that's why i like these the writers and the directors, they feel like they're really fans. And I feel like only real fans could put stuff in a movie that we would love as fan service, but be these references and that, that would work and not be, you know, some executive on a, on an old gateway PC, you know, exactly. Leave it to only fans to solve this problem for us, you know, <laughs> indeed. Um, they're having a 50% off sale. So you should really check out. You uh, should. Yeah. Radio Silence only fans. You got to jump on those Easter sales over at only fans, you know, <laughs> But uh, you brought up Billy, and I, yeah. I'm intrigued by that. I like the the character um, of Billy. Obviously, I like Skeet Ulrich, but um, I liked him coming back in in five, and I thought it was a fun twist. I did not expect that they would continue that, and when it happened to me in this movie, I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't need him anymore. Like we've we've seen that. I know she has demons, whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't dislike it. I guess I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike him being there. They don't they don't use him a ton. I feel like they use it sparingly and it, and it works. 
um, especially as she still has like issues she's working through mm-hmm. um, with her site, you know, psychologists and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I, I liked their approach to it this time. I felt like he was there more often in five cream than he was in this one. But just to have like those two cameos essentially uh, is a, a nice reminder that she's got these things that she's dealing with, you know, yeah. if he can't show up in the next one, that's fine. I still want those issues to be addressed in some form or fashion, right. you know, even if at the beginning of Scream 7, she's like, oh, yeah, I've gone to therapy. I've got gotten past all this. That's fine, too. But it, you can't just leave that juicy of a nugget untouched, <laughs> you know? <Ew>. Yeah. <laughs> you never had nugget juice? <laughs> There's so many ways you can go with that. But my mind went to a really gross one and, and uh, just bad news bears. But... Um, <laughs> Okay, so uh, the general story of this, again, I like how we're skipping around, but um, the general story is everybody's gone off to college to uh, Blackmore University, so the core four have all gone off to New York, and uh, I love that. Again, like in Mirror Mm -hmm. Scream 2, Amanda and I had watched that in preparation for this, not really thinking they would really mirror it that much, but uh, I like how they did it. Um, There was even the... There was an early like leak from the set of one of the director's chairs and the way they had written Scream 6, it almost looked like it was like Roman numeral two. Mm. Like they were doing like they they called the five cream just scream and then the new one would be scream two, but like written in Roman numerals instead of number. Oh. And uh, and I that would have been super fucking confusing. But uh, <laughs> and there was like a lot of fan theory about what that would mean. Right. Like there was a lot of, you know, just people like trying to whatever, you know make it bigger than it really was this leak mm-hmm. whatever and it all it was was scream six but uh, i do like how they referenced that because i love scream two so much the uh the, there's like theater in there there's like movie theater stuff and then they have like mm-hmm. the, the 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 scream cave the ghost face cave in this one and that's like in an old cinema that was kind of fun the they're going off to college together um the way that it's like randy is separated and and killed in a small space and then mindy gets separated and stabbed in the subway like Mm -hmm. they mirrored some fun stuff but did their own thing and uh i really dug that but uh essentially like they have new roommates they're suspecting they have new friends they're like it's always in the friend group there's like boyfriends girlfriends hanging around um dylan uh, mulroney what's that dermot mulroney Uh uh as a cop in this one i love that guy um I I've mixed feelings about him in this movie. He's he's okay to me. I generally like him, but uh, he wasn't. He didn't go as far as I I think some other actors in the Scream franchise have done. But he's he's like the cop dad of one of the roommates. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like rounding out the cast. And then um, I, I yeah. was wondering if we had seen him before because the the way they talk about him, it seems like uh, we as an audience had been around him. Oh, previous because I hadn't seen Five Cream in a. Right, Since we right. last talked about it, you know, so I thought, oh, did he like follow them from Woodsboro over to New York? But no, we meet him in this one yeah, for the first fresh time, in right? This movie, yeah. New and character. then the uh, the the red haired roommate, and then the um, the red that, uh, herring. Wow, oh my God, wow, wow. <laughs> Brent. Hey, you know Paramount. <laughs> yeah, we're available to write the Scream Seven script. Don't even worry about it. Oh my god! What if yeah. like Scream Seven, uh, Ghostface talks, and then like after he like just before someone hangs up the phone or whatever, you hear clap clap. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. We're gonna have so many references in this. This is gonna be ridiculous. It's gonna be great. 
Oh my god. Scream seven, and then uh, what? What's the uh, the new Randy? What's her name? Mindy. The, Mindy. Yeah. Uh, Mindy's gonna be like, okay. Last time it was a franchise. Now <laughs> it's a podcast. Oh no. <laughs> oh, it's, this series really took a turn, man. Yeah. <laughs> this sucks. I don't like this one. Um, yeah. So uh, that's yeah. So they're all in New York. Um, I again, like we talked about, like the setting of that is great. Whatever, like the college setting, just fulfilling the need for like being like Scream Two, whatever. I just really dig. Um, but then the movie opens up, and it and it, all Scream movies have you know that opening that's like different from the rest of the movie. It's like a little short film, and uh, this one was totally different, which I loved as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know that Wes Craven would have ever done this or Kevin Williamson, but I. They always do like little twists and stuff, but uh, I love Samara Weaving. Her, you know, she was in uh, Radio Silence movie already and Ready or Not, so they brought her back in this. She's great. Yeah. Um, she was a great first kill, and yeah. I liked how they all set it up at the bar and the alleyway and all that stuff. And then uh, we've—I don't think we've ever seen that except for in like the movies within the movies of Stab uh, of like Stab with uh, Scream Four. They show a couple like different styles of kills that we've seen haven't seen otherwise in the French and the real scream universe but this is like the first time a killer actually did that and then immediately took off their mask and we knew who it yeah. was and yeah. i was like oh my god it's tony revelori from spider-man yeah i didn't Fantastic. realize either one of them were going to be in this movie you know like oh right okay at, at least the first scream was marketed with um fucking uh drew barrymore in it but she you know dies first right. first thing it's part of i had ploy. no idea that samara weaving was going to be in this you know my, you know, my, my goodness. Oh, what my a gosh. lovely woman. And they right. let her keep her accent as well. So I, it, was, that was it cool. was great. Yeah. It was cool. And um, she was like really nervous. I think she played that really well. Like for this I day, know. I thought that was really cute. Yeah, it, it was. But I was like, do you know? Do you right. have a mirror? <laughs> you have a mirror, right? Um, but then, yeah, when Tony Revolori pulls off that mask, I'm like, oh, so they're just going to tell us who the killer is at the beginning. I know. But it, maybe it's just like one of a couple of killers or whatever. Right, right, right. Well, little did I know the opening of this movie continued for a while, you know, because we like mm-hmm. followed him back to his apartment where his roommate, he and his roommate are, are both like massive Ghostface fans and the, the Woodsboro murders and all that. And then uh, he gets stalked in his own apartment. And uh, man, that was that's fucking wild. It's a cool twist. I liked it. It, really it was. played out really well. Right. Like. Uh, and it was neat to see like Ghostface take on other Ghostface sort of situation to see like this could have been another situation that they went through and we would have found them out. But no, they're just like done in the very beginning. It's almost like instead of Drew Barrymore, you know, being marketed and then kill away right away. It's like we as fans were like, oh, it's going to be this. And oh, we're going to reveal them right away. And we're going to know one of the killers. That's different. And how is that going to play out? Oh, no, you're fucking dead. Yeah. And uh, it was cool. It got me. And I, I really like him a lot. I knew he was in it. And I had heard Samara Weaving was cast for something kind of late. So it uh, didn't surprise me when they showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they were really in the trailers at all, though, um, which is probably why you didn't know about it. But yeah. I'd heard about their casting just, you know, on deadline or something. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was uh, a cool opening. I, I dug it. Um, and it I was think, uh, different than what we've seen, seen before, you know? Yeah. And I think Tony Revolori, my God, he needs to keep that facial hair that long oh hair. yeah he looked great looking good yeah yeah i like that dude so much uh i, I haven't <laughs> seen him in a ton of stuff but he's he's always good and stuff he, he shows up in he was in that movie the long dumb road with jason manzukas and it's oh, like right. a like a kind of like a that. buddy road trip movie but they don't right. 
like he doesn't necessarily like Jason Manzoukas' character, mm-hmm. uh, and they get up to some uh, shenanigans. But man, that movie is infinitely watchable. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I remember you talking about that, but it's been on my list since then. I just haven't yeah. picked it up. But um, oh, seek it out. Like, want to be in a, at a certain mood, baybe. But um, mm-hmm. that mood's gonna be amazing when I watch it. I bet because I haven't seen Manzoukas in a long time too. That dude's great. He's great. Yeah, yeah, and both of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, Overall, trailers, we knew this too, and they, they talked about it a lot, but um, way more brutal Ghostface than we've seen before, Yeah, um, which I really dug. The uh, the bodega scene with the shotgun, that was also in the trailer, um, but the way it plays out, it's so fucking gnarly. I, I just really like the different setups they have in this one, and it, and it kind of happens really fast. It's like they get a call, and they leave the apartment, and then immediately get attacked, and they're right in the bodega, and it just fucking goes down. Yeah. And, uh, it, uh, that kind of stuff, and the, and the brutality of the stabs in this one are are pretty gnarly um the psychologist gets stabbed in the fucking nose that was like through a doorway (laughs) that was cool like uh i just really liked i like what they're doing these these last two movies have been much more brutal and bloodier and uh hard to watch i feel like than the previous entries but it's again it's like the sequels in the era we're in like you kind of up the ante and uh they, they do it really well yeah and i'm like there's so many things like even uh, Tara at the end, I think, stabs the dude in the stomach and then they like do a close up and she like twists it mm-hmm. and even she's getting on that shit. I was like, holy fuck. And it's really it's like a slow, long twist and they like hold on it. And I, it's like a simple shot, but it was so effective. Yeah. Um, for these movies, for my taste, man, ooh, I just fucking love what they're doing with it. Yeah, it seems like Ghostface is stronger in, in the way mm. that, like, Michael Myers is, you know? Like, is there something supernatural there? Probably not. You know, we don't have any evidence to believe that, but yeah. you don't you don't really want to overthink it. You know, right. that's, that's going right. to take away from your enjoyment of the movie. But then, like, it is funny, after you know who the killers are, uh, right. to, like, try to think about, like, well... <laughs> Who's that strong, but like, whatever. You just kind of go for kinda it. go with it, yeah. Like when um, uh, uh, Gail gets attacked in her apartment. What an apartment, by the way. Oh, Incredible. God. She can afford some shit. Absolutely. And her her new boyfriend is there, and he goes into the other room. And I was like, well, bye forever, I guess. <laughs> You're not coming back. I don't know how this works. But she also has a blue shirt on there, you know? Oh, okay. I'm just Nod. saying. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying I'm just saying, you know, right, right, right. And uh, like we do see him like Ghostface reach out and like grab him and pull him off screen. You don't hear anything, which is hilarious. I know. I know. (laughs) It's like uh, at the Apollo theater where the Sandman's like long ass cane will come out and like grab a performer, like pull them off stage if they suck. That was him. Like. I, I, he he was gone pretty quick, but he was like a big dude. Oh, I know. uh, To think about like could have done some damage. Which ghost face attacked him is uh, is funny. I try not to, to get caught up in that, but it's now that you know, you know. It is funny though, because that is like a game Amanda and I play after seeing these movies for so long. Is who's like which killer, you know? Uh, in each scene, like who has to have an alibi here, so they're yeah. over there, and who's actually killing? Are they both there? Like who's calling? That stuff yeah. is fun to figure out, and there's obviously a, a level of letting it go in these movies you kind of have to accept some things and uh and that's part of the charm of it right like mm-hmm. they're if you do think about it too much you're kind of missing the point but uh they always have a lot of fun it's a roller coaster so yeah uh, mm-hmm. but sometimes yeah when you break it down you're like that doesn't make much sense but uh they just needed him out of the way right so they can get to gail so whatever right. you go and then there's the the attack at um the the girl's apartment where the boyfriend oh, yeah. 
across the way. He like he sees Ghostface, and that was such a cool fucking scene. Like he's genuinely trying to help them. He's doing everything he can. It's like moving his arms wildly, trying to get their attention, yelling for them, but they just don't notice him. And he can he can see like the the core four in in one room, and then the uh, the roommate in the other. And uh, it was just you know more intensity ratcheted. Yeah, totally. And uh, the set design that worked worked so well. Like their yeah. angles of they set that up. Like oh, he's the boy across the way. We always look at him shirtless. She, she's fucking him on the side. Yeah. You can see in all their windows. Like it, it plays really well. Like they use their their strengths of the like, city and the close you know, close proximity there uh, to their advantage, and it makes it it's like another set piece. It's like we haven't seen before, and yeah. it's so ratcheted up. It's great. It was great. And then like he was trying to save them. He has that ladder that he puts out across. Oh. Like to bridge it, you know, terrifying. And then like the camera pans down and it's like, I think maybe they're on the second floor or something. I'm like, oh, well, that's not too high. And then I remember I fell six feet and got <laughs> a brain bleed. I was like, oh, no, this is dangerous. It's the most dangerous thing. To, Did it, was it a scary recruit. scene for you? It was. It was. Yeah. And then like toward the end of the movie where somebody falls off a balcony. I'm like, yeah, it'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the the poor Asian girl that's in this. That's uh, um, the girlfriend. That, yeah. That dies. And uh, like she, she hit that dumpster hard. hard oh, I know. Dude. Annika yeah. Devin Dakota is her name. Uh, okay. Annika Kyoko. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was good at this too. She's you know, she was, yeah. she, you can kind of tell she's one of the people that's gonna die. But mm-hmm. um, that was a really brutal scene as well, and it's it's sad. I, I like Jasmine Savoy Brown so much. She she can emote so well, and it was so yeah. sad to see her have to say goodbye. Like she was trying to get everybody out and block the door and then her girlfriend knows like she's basically done for and she like forces her out instead that was so heartbreaking and the whole like ladder scene was so like tense and then like yeah. shaking her off to her death uh was pretty brutal as well so mm-hmm. um and then quinn as well dies quote unquote in that scene uh yeah start starts starts to spoil some more things with the killers but um that i i guess it's funny like that was one of the things i had to like kind of just let happen with the the whole like police timeline of that and and like switching out bot they mentioned like a switching out of a body situation or something and <laughs> yeah. like the friends for sure wouldn't have known like they would just see their friend being killed and then they leave the apartment so they don't know better but mm-hmm. um there has to be some other things kind of swept under just to make the, the the plot keep moving forward but yeah um but it works i i think that was a good red herring as well i don't know that we've seen anybody that died come back as well like that as a as a killer later on i don't think that's happened in the movies so yeah that's a new twist that was fun mm-hmm. um and i thought she and uh <laughs> even when that was happening both, even I, when that was happening i was like and now here's matthew lillard here he is <laughs> oh totally yeah Went right up to the end i thought it could still be the two killers in the mass led by matthew lillard because in scream 2 that was one of the rumored script ideas was that Scream 2 would happen, and it was going to be Sydney's boyfriend and her roommate were going to be the killers. And then mm. at the very end of Scream 2, it was going to do this big panning shot uh, way back up in the air up to like a bell tower that was on the campus. And it was going to be a third Ghostface killer standing oh, there, yeah, like someone right. was orchestrating it. And then in Scream 3, it was going to be revealed that Matthew Lillard had survived the TV set and mm-hmm. was doing all of it. And now, again, they're kind of playing with those ideas. And I keep being like, yeah, so you're going to bring Matthew Lillard back, right? And then not. And I'm almost upset by it now that you mentioned it. So uh, <laughs> I, I think it would be, it's obviously expected by both of us, by two fans. Mm-hmm. But I still, uh, it feels right. I don't know. It feels like it would work. And uh, better it's, than some of the stuff we've gotten. So Yeah, and it seems like he still likes 
that he was in the Scream movie, you know? Right, totally, yeah. I don't know, like... It'd be kind of fun. Let's make it happen. We'll, we'll put that in Scream 7, it's fine. It'll be fine. I know, and it's like, after all this time, like, he mm-hmm. can come back, it's cool. Um, and and I just in like Scream so 7, when we write it, he takes off his mask, he reveals that it's Stu Mocker, of course, and then he goes, rot row. Oh. And then it's like, <laughs> it's a reference to Scooby-Doo, but not Shaggy, so it's confusing. It's confusing, but it's on brand for us. But it's a crossover... Wow, that'd yeah. be a change for the series for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like they talked about uh, during the Sony leak years ago. They they leaked that one of the possible Twenty One Jump Street crossovers was gonna or uh, sequels was gonna be a crossover with Men in Black. Yeah, and they were gonna be like recruited. And I still think that's an amazing idea that I would love <laughs> to see. And now I'm like, yeah, like fucking, you already had uh, you know references to Scooby Doo with like uh, mm-hmm. I think Kevin Smith says something about that in, in Scream Three when he shows up. Whatever. It's it's also silly in the Scream series anyway. <laughs> Might as well, you know. I forgot Kevin Smith was in that. It's so Holy weird. Shit. I like blocked all of it out. <laughs> Scream 3 was like a low point for me. You know? yeah, but, yeah, it's it's a little rough. Uh, I didn't put it on the other night. It's still nostalgic for me, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a little rough. Yeah. Did I tell you my newest idea to retcon that one? No. What you is know, this? I, I'm so into fan edits and stuff and like trying to figure things out or whatever. Uh, here's my thing now. You have Scream 1, Scream 2, actual actual movies, right, that we know in our universe. Yeah. Scream 3 happens, in, in, or Stab 3 happens in the universe. It's on Hollywood. They're making Stab 3. The director's the killer, so they have to shut down production. They can't release anything. So they release Stab 3, colon, The Faculty. All right? So that's the third <laughs> okay. movie. Someone brought that up on a podcast once, and I love the idea that The Faculty is the is the Halloween three of this franchise, right? So, okay. So it's the, the faculty is, takes place while they film a new movie. What we know in our world is scream three is actually the refilmed stab three becomes stab four. They've released the faculty as stab three to fill it. Now they, they release uh, the Hollywood version, the making of the making of the movie or whatever. The way you retcon that is you have someone watch scream three in stab and like scream seven right they're like uh-huh. watching the movie we know in universe as stab four and you use uh the facial rec like the facial software we have now to uh like replace faces and stuff mm-hmm. and you put different actors in there so it's not okay. actually like sydney and gail it's not really like courtney cox it's like a different actress right mm-hmm. so that way that movie becomes like a movie within the movie have i lost you yet no, I'm with Can you. Can you look on the back of my wall? I've, I don't have red string. I have blue string. Blue string. Hey. Because blue you know, podcasts. We're, we're on brand, you know? But anyway, I have a whole whole thought process about how I retcon in the faculty and make Scream 3 a stab movie. That way it doesn't matter that it's so bad. It's in the movies. And those, and those movies are always bad. In universe, those movies are not that great. Yeah. And uh, so that's how it fulfills. In my mind, Scream 3 is now stab 4 and we're moving on. Okay. That makes sense. Makes total sense. You're welcome. I'll put it out in the world someday. Yeah, next year. People can watch Scream it. Seven. Exactly. When it comes out, it's going to be in there. If it's not, listener, you need to contact the studios because exactly. something, something went down. <laughs> something went you know, wrong. We put it in our contract. We get to do whatever the <laughs> fuck we want and get hefty, hefty paychecks out of it. That's, all we're, that's all we're expecting. It's just mm-hmm. like millions of dollars, guys. That's it. Huge that's fans it. over here. Just let us at it. Just um, it's fine. Speaking of huge fans with online con- uh, conspiracy theories, um, I liked how they use that. That that happens so much today in, uh, oh, in yeah. our actual online world. I love how a big plot point in this is that people think that Sam is actually the real killer from Scream Five, yeah. and she blamed the other two. And like, uh, 
and some ways I think that could really work and I think people would absolutely do that to a real victim mm. of of a ghost face yeah. and and it kind of makes sense it's like she's Billy's daughter people know that now um Richie was a good boy you know and uh and I kind of like the idea that they they went that way it was a, a good new addition it made it more modern yeah for sure and it it tracks with the story it didn't like take me out of it right. matter of fact especially when we find out that one of the killers started that whole thing I was like, okay. Oh, right. That kind of yeah, like, okay. ties it back in. It makes sense. And then, like, when Sam gets that Diet Cherry Coke thrown on her, I was like, oh, my God. I hate wasting food. Why would right. you do that? Why would you do that? That chick was a bitch. Why do you yeah. throw Diet Coke on someone? Damn. Like, there's a, a lot of, like, uh, bad celebrities in the world. But, like, if I saw one on the street... I would just like talk shit about them in my head, you know, you don't even say anything, right? Yeah. I'm not even going to go out of my way to like interact with them in any way, shape or form, but no wedgies or anything. No. Yucky. (laughs) No. (laughs) I put my hand down there. You don't have to wait. How do you think wedgies are done? Well, you have to like grab their underwear to like pull it up, right? Right. But you don't have to like go down to the butthole. Steven, if I'm going to commit, I'm going to commit. (laughs) I start Damn mid straight. taint with a pinch and then <laughs> drag it up. You say, excuse me, sir. Mm-hmm. I must twist your underoos now. Now, Master Wayne, I need <laughs> to take my hand upon thine taint. I need your consent as an adult. As an adult. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other uh, story plot point, whatever, that I really liked that I thought was really inventive for this was uh, the leaving of the ghost face masks, the old ones. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, in the trailer, you see that this is a different mask. It's like all old and stuff. I didn't know why that was going to be, but um, mm-hmm. it just seemed like it's it's probably old, right? It's just an old mask. Um, I didn't really I didn't really like watch the trailers to try to figure out the story at all. I just let it all happen. Yeah. Um, so I didn't I didn't think that it would be this way, but it makes total sense, like for what we knew that it would play this way. But just the idea that they kept leaving the old ones, they had access to them and everything. Uh, it was a cool aspect of other kind of whodunits like that shows up in some other mm-hmm. type of stuff like that. And they've never done it here. Like they've never had enough masks to le- to have a trail of them, you know, like so yeah. it, it works like they have so many to choose from. There's like nine different killers now uh, leading up to this one. So uh, it's just been crazy to see how how many there have been. But uh, it was such a good plot point. I thought it was, worked really well. I love the look of the new mask. Uh, what do you think of that? Oh like the aging and stuff. The aged one. I love it, man. I loved it oh, on Michael Myers. Good. I yeah. loved it here. It looks. It just looks so fucking good. You know, it's, it 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 feels lived in. It's kind of right. like why I like Star Wars. You know, it's like sure you're like out in outer space in the spaceship, but like there are pipes with rust on them and shit. There's paint right. flaking off. There's something about being in New York. Having this ghost face mask, uh, something that you regularly see where it's like all cracked and like mm-hmm. kind of grayed and, and whatnot, it just feels um, like it brings a new texture to this this world that we're familiar with. And on top of that, I like that ghost face is less clumsy this go round. Oh, good point. You know? Because mm-hmm. like it, it is fun to watch those old movies where he is clumsy. He like runs into kitchen doors, right. steps on rakes, you know, gets uh, <laughs> beat up by Kevin McAllister. Uh, but like, even exactly. still, you know, you, you're you've got new people in this role each time, so they don't all have to be the same right. thing every time, you know. And that is kind of a staple of the series, yeah. But yeah. they it, 
uh they didn't need to they they have kind of stepped up the tone in these they're a little darker a little like more brutal and stuff but also um they're funny but not um they've almost lost a little bit of the camp but in a good way i think in a more modern way that Mm -hmm. um audiences can can really like still accept now yeah Uh, they just really like nail a good tone i think with these movies and uh yeah, that's a good one. I didn't even that's you're mentioning things I didn't really notice and then you say it and I'm like, oh yeah, like it was a little bit better. They're not so clumsy and stuff, but mm-hmm. um but still like a few times, like they get thwarted a lot. I like I like the screen movies for that reason too. It's kind of interesting to try to break them apart sometimes. And again, sometimes you just have to let things go, but um I like to think of motivations in the killings too. Like when they attack him at the bodega, what would they have done if they got both of them then? Like doesn't <laughs> yeah. that doesn't that ruin it? for the big finale right like all Ghostface want that big third act and Mm -hmm. but they all attack sydney or they all attack sam and tara like early on and it's like is it always the plan just to scare the fuck out of them but let them go because there's a lot of times when it seems like oh they would have been killed but they got away because of x reason but it's Mm -hmm. like Ghostface still doesn't want to do it then so it's kind of fun to break those apart for me sometimes and be like all right well what were the motivating factors they wanted they wanted to like kind of steer the story you know yeah, um, every ghost face is, is making a movie, you know, basically, too. Well, I, I think in this case, because they're uh, the, the killers had a personal tie to um, the the previous we, killer. Right. Um, I, I think that there's a little bit of a uh, a predator playing with its food aspect mm-hmm. to it, you know, like really torturing them. So I don't know that Ghostface in the bodega scene, which is fucking cool would have necessarily killed them right then and there. Right. Or maybe just like one of them, you know, and yeah, then maybe let the just other terror, one live. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And let the other one live through it. Uh, you know, we don't, it's, it's hard to say, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like a cool scene for a movie. But right. And that's cool. It, to me, it seems like with Ghostface, there's always personal stakes uh, involved. Right. So it all goes back know. to family. Yeah. Um, no, and I love family. <laughs> What if it was they pull the ghost face mask off and it's Matthew Lillard and we're like, oh my god, and they pull another one off, it's Vin Diesel. I am Groot. Wait, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> one, you're shorter than the group by far. And then also, uh, you're just Vin Diesel, not Groot. You don't even have a Groot mask on. You're not even trying, like at all. Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, because oh, because we oh, were there with family. Okay. I think they changed their their catchphrase a oh, while back, but like, that's well, fine. I, I opted out of COVID. I'm I'm behind. I'm behind on a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Did you see Riddick? <laughs> oh man, Riddick's great. I own all the rights. So, what are you gonna What are you gonna do with them? Well, just continue making movies that make no money. I guess I don't know. That's what family's all about. Brian. That's how I say Brian. I said Brian. <laughs> Brian. Brian. He's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what, uh, so speaking of family, let's uh, yeah. let's break down the finale. We haven't we've been kind of dancing around a little bit, but yeah, um, there's a lot of things. This movie breaks the barriers of past tr- screams. Um, like I said, the the opening with like two different killers that could have happened the reveal of one in the beginning we thought that was going to play out one way and then it's all a big twist and stuff but um this also was i'm trying to think in scream five i i i can't remember i don't think we've ever seen two ghost faces together 
stabbing right. someone. That's also like in Scream 4, there's a stab movie within the movie that shows two at the same time, but we've never actually got that in the Scream. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. And then this is the first time we've actually had three killers, which has been rumored for a very long time. And uh, I didn't know. I, I really thought Matthew Lillard, I kind of secretly thought maybe Cindy was going to be a killer. Mm-hmm. And so that was going to be my twists or whatever. But I didn't like you said, I, I kind of let the ride happen. I didn't try to expect much, but I didn't expect three. Um, I like the idea that there are three. Um, I'd kind of alluded to it earlier. I think the kids, the actors uh, once they become unhinged in that, I think they're pretty fucking good. I, I really like to watch all of the killers become unhinged at the end. Mm-hmm. Starting with Matthew Lillard, he started a, a whole thing with it, and it's yeah. fantastic. Uh, Billy, uh, not or not sorry, Billy, um, uh, Mickey, the one of the killers in Scream Two, um, he is so unhinged. Uh, I love his performance. And then on top of that, you get Billy's mom in that one, and she's fucking really unhinged, and I really love her performance. So in this one, I, I expect a lot, I guess. I liked the kids. I like Dermot Mulroney as an actor, but I just don't... Th- I didn't buy him, really, that this... Yes, when it happened, strange. when it was revealed, did, what, what did you think about him and, and his reveal for that? First of all, this man's name is Dermot. Let's all just Dermot. take a minute. Like, has anyone ever heard the name Dermot <laughs> outside of him? What about Sigourney? <laughs> you ever heard Sigourney Steven, anywhere? You know what? When you're right, you're right. We need to start calling these actors out. Sylvester Stallone? Really? Come on. Sylvester. Okay. All right, guys. It's too much. Um, Dermot, yeah, I thought I liked him as the cop when he was right. walking out of the Love apartment that. and he like was kind of like stumbling because he was so like heartbroken that his his daughter was murdered in such a brutal way. I mm. genuinely liked that part. I thought that was good. And then like we get to the end and that's when like you have to take off the constraints a little bit. Right. You know, um, on uh, my my other podcast, uh, I talk about how, like, we have to give ourselves as listeners some music. If you're listening to a whole album, you have to give yourself some leeway on whatever the last track is, because sometimes that's where the artist is like, look, I've given you 10. Here's one for me. This is just oh, like yeah, a jam okay. session. This is just like kind of nonsense. So I try not to like weigh that in. That's a little bit how it is for Scream, where we get to the part where the, the murderer or murderers break down their motivations because mm-hmm. it's like, and here's all this exposition, you know? Totally. And, yeah, yeah. And they get to like really like they act uh, different from how we know them. And that could be somewhat jarring. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe upon subsequent or subsequent rewatches maybe it'll be better or whatever it it only took me out of the movie in that like it normally would for any whodunit because Mm -hmm. it's like you don't have all the clues until they reveal them to you you know there's like well how she was supposed to be dead how it how did how is she back right like he was the cop that was leading the whole endeavor how did he huh like, what is this? And then, like, the little, like, the the son, the scrawny kid, he kind of made sense just because, like, you know, look at him. You know, <laughs> he, looks, he looks like he's on Truth Social, you know? I can see oh, that. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, of, uh, like, earlier in the movie when they're all sitting outside of, of their school and, uh, the 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 new randy is is breaking down like mm-hmm. oh we're in a franchise now you know we're we're the core four maybe they don't establish it that 
that there but like they talk about like their relationship they're the survivor so they're onto the new one and then they've got like three other people one of them being the the new white boy we've got the 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 asian love interest and then we've got the um uh the the roommate with the red hair mm-hmm. the red herring steven mm-hmm. i love it, I love it. Uh, <laughs> and and they're all sitting there and like kind of taking this and then one of them speaks up is like yeah but how do we know one of you didn't snap and start killing people yourselves i was like right. yeah I yeah, mean, honestly, that's what we're asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I like that they kind of breached the topics of all of this. Um, that said, when we got to the end of it and it was like all new people, I was like, yeah, I mean, this kind of seems fitting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they really stabbed the fuck out of out of Chad. So, yeah, when there were two ghost faces that walked on screen together, oh. I was like, oh, my God, they probably know each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> How embarrassing. They showed up with the same thing. <laughs> he re- takes off a mask. It's still Tony Revelory. He's like, guys. Please, yeah. I have a plan. Wait, is this a flashback? Huh? <laughs> what is this? It's confusing to me. Um, and, and real quick, before before I forget, we'll get back to the killers. But like, we have to mention the the train scene where it has like all the costume people on, and it's just like fucking horror eye candy, you know? Oh my god, You've, I love it. Like earlier the in the movie, eggs. somebody's watching one of the the Friday the Thirteenth movies, so we see Jason on screen there. But which in that one? Train? Oh, Part I don't know. Eight. Jason takes eight? Manhattan. Oh my goodness! It was a perfect Easter egg. Oh, I gotta love it so much. It's thematic, right? Know? Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, on the the train scene, we see people. We see like a Michael Myers mask. Mm. We see there's a Freddy Krueger pinhead. Freddy Krueger. We see the 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 characters from Us. I almost said Up, oh. Steven. That would be fucked up <laughs> if it had the old man from Up, <laughs> but dressed as the Us. <laughs> yeah, Ups. Us. Yeah. Hey, man, mm. there's something Squirrel. there, but that'd yeah. Be- <laughs> that'd be really creepy man yeah mm-hmm. right on but it was it was so much fun to uh, to look at all that stuff they uh, also had a uh, a samara weaving they had the uh, the bride or whatever from ready or not they had a uh, she's walking down on the subway and she has like a wedding dress on with like uh the bullets stretch across wow um, so they did their own movie which was fun they had so many like you said eye candy there was i could watch that scene for years and not see it all it was amazing uh, you said the bride, and my brain immediately went to the bride from Kill Bill. Right, and she was right. wearing yellow. I was like, "Oh, okay, wait, huh?" She might be there too, man. There's so many I people. Do, I don't we know. We don't know. Show don't know. feet, you know. <laughs> Get, have Quentin Tarantino buy a movie <laughs> ticket for this. Um, yeah, yeah, I am kind of curious why she wore yellow, but I think it's just so she like pops off the the screen at night I mean, or whatever. Oh, she, but the 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 bride, the real bride. Oh, uh, Samara Weaving's character in this movie oh right i don't know yeah because she's wonder what's amazing significant. yeah either way yeah. uh but yeah going back to the, the the killers of this movie uh yeah it was a little bit jarring but uh you know it's like more people for heroes to kill just like mercilessly you, you know they fucking go ham on these motherfuckers you know it's a great scene i love that whole again like eye candy that you know the, the fact that they're in that theater and that it is uh all the memorabilia and stuff yeah. um the the whole fight like the way it plays out is really well really well done i when i when i got the reveal i i remember kind of just being like i think a man and i both were like okay we weren't mm-hmm. like upset by it um it was just kind of like the i think the uh, i'd heard a review where someone said that the scream aspects the the general aspect of this movie is fantastic the tone the uh the pacing like you said the the acting the the kills like there's so much that works the whodunit aspect is just kind of okay um but that's all right too like sometimes that's all you need or whatever and i feel like i didn't always like all of the killer reveals and the past sequels either but i've grown to love all of them for different reasons and you don't know all of 
you have to watch this again because you don't know enough about it and who's who's going to be the killer. And then when you rewatch it, you get to relive it and be like, oh, well, who's doing this? Who's doing this? Like, for instance, Amanda and I weren't sure if uh, the cop dad had ever actually worn the mask or was it always just the kids? They only you only see the kids in it. It seems like he had to be a cop the whole time. He's orchestrating it. But that would lend itself to why he's so strong. Ghostface is so strong sometimes. Like maybe it was the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, you just don't don't worry about it. Right. But um, yeah, so I, I liked it. It was OK. I didn't I didn't love it. Um, and I feel like Dermot Mulroney could have become more unhinged. I really liked him as a cop. Like you said, I think mm-hmm. he plays that really, really well. But I didn't quite buy him as a killer. Um, I love the motivations. I love the reveal that it is Richie's family. And once I saw it, especially the the, the kid, the, the boy roommate, I was like, oh, like he totally looks like Richie's little brother, like the, mm-hmm. the curlyish hair and stuff. Like it totally worked. Um, I love that Richie was the one that collected all that shit and that he like made his own stab film that they show at the end on the screen. Like they oh, just yeah. did a lot of really cool production design stuff or like story wise in the background, but it really worked really well for me. Um, and I, I, I dug that stuff. So overall had a super fun time with it and I didn't mind the killers. Um, it just wasn't like my, my full jam at the time. Yeah. It's not like a, I guess like it's the the best possible outcome for that because it is three killers. So it is something new for this franchise. We do get to see two ghost face, actually three ghost face standing side by side by side together. So that's just like a cool visual component to it. Totally. But then out of all of the available options to be the killer, you know, I, that the three of them would, I guess be my choice just because I don't want, uh, the the sam's new love interest to be one you know because i just like their their relationship Mm. and then um yeah i didn't don't want any of the the core four to be part of it either right so you know so it kind of leaves everyone else i suppose right outside of gail and and um hayden panettiere whom like gets fucked up real bad oh yeah man at the end but uh damn survives and i'm glad uh survive yeah She'll be right. And she's the one that throws the, the Stumacher TV on that dude to finally kill him, which is badass. It was, that was cool right, to see yeah. Kirby. Because uh-huh. Kirby, last we saw her, got stabbed and we thought died. So mm-hmm. it was cool to see not just that she's like uh, a Randy as well and knowledgeable. Like that scene with her and Mindy as well, by the way, was really fun with a uh, their trading movie, um, like Best Nightmare, oh, the first yeah. one. Uh, all that stuff that was great and, and they differ on some of it and they're like oh but, but respect you know that was really mm-hmm. fun um little fan service stuff like that but obviously i'm a big fan and that's that's what you want out of it so that was really cool you're a fan just have them service you exactly yeah only on only fans <laughs> that's uh, right yeah. <laughs> um uh and you had mentioned too uh, i think i don't even know i uh, got to answer it earlier but the uh, got around to it but um kirby i thought was fun in this i haven't seen her hayden Panettiere and anything mm-hmm. in a long time um but yeah i think she looked great um i hope that she's in it more i i was surprised when she was an fbi agent um i kind of i i like that idea uh just surprised me i kind of just thought she was going to show up as like a helper and just be like i've been through this before and like that was that was fine enough for me i didn't really need another explanation like just that she was also in new york and heard about it and just like kind of knew them or whatever knew gail mm-hmm. or something and so uh but yeah i i like that still how they introduced her and that she wasn't really bad and that she was uh you know can come out on top of it so yeah we'll see if she's uh, invited back oh man that'd be great oh my god i just there, want more of her there's just like so many good characters in this universe that i right. just want all of them to come back you know plus sydney totally. plus Stu, 
you know, bring in some new stuff. You know, it'd be rad. And what we need to put in the Scream 7 script is there's a, a killer going around. He's got this dark robe and we could see like the side of the mask. It's white in the movie. It's like toward the beginning of it. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the, the the cold open for Scream 7 that we're definitely writing. So listeners oh, yeah, don't totally. say anything to anyone. <laughs> right. Also, I see the numbers. <laughs> no one listens it. to this, so it's it's safe. But uh, so we, we see like this this killer is just like murdered someone in an alley or whatever. Right. And then they like start to walk off into the night and then they get stabbed and oh. we see his ghost face stabbing them. And then we see who they they stabbed their victim, who we thought was Ghostface, mm-hmm. is somebody with the uh, MTV season one scream mask on. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, just like, you know, we just got to set We're the franchise off. straight, you know. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Killing off the bad mask for sure. That one's so weird. I don't understand why they would ever do that. Yeah. Just it's pay not, the lights. Yeah. Just. But. With like HBO just selling off all of their catalog, you know, <laughs> it seems like Paramount could, you know, throw down a couple of ducats there to to get the mask. I guess by season three, they used the actual screen mask or they got a, their approximation to it. Yeah. Yeah. At what cost? Yeah. Um, uh, seven dollars. Turns out seven dollars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes so, people uh, just dig in their their hills. They don't want to do it. They don't, and that's fine. I mean, that's why we're going to put it in the opening, though, as fan service. As fan service, yeah. To be like, we don't believe in in this Harvey Weinstein-produced TV trash. So We don't. We really don't. We only believe no. in Harvey Weinstein-produced movie trash. That's right. But not him. No. Boo. May his back warts rot forever in hell. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> with him. With him. It's not like the back warts were controlling him. It's right, just, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I feel like we've talked a lot about this. I don't know. I have a, you know, I'm pretty much done with my notes. Uh, I, I wanted to mention like survivors and stuff, you know, obviously the, the girls get their comeuppance, uh, mm-hmm. brutally fucking stabbing that kid. Uh, and then he gets the TV on him. That's fun. Um, yeah. like I said, the whole fight scenes at the end were, were great. I liked the sisters trusting each other at the end and, and Tara yes. also getting in on it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And not just Sam being like the killer or whatever. Um, as we mentioned earlier, I, I wish Sam would have had the knife and kept it. That would have been kind of cool. But um, mm-hmm. I liked how it played out. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, we reveal that Mindy is still alive. Uh, Chad is actually miraculously yeah. alive, which I didn't expect. Um, I thought I said goodbye to him, but uh, it was great. And then um, uh, uh, obviously Gail is alive. I like how they kind of just put her in there. I thought she was better in this one. And then she's she's mm-hmm. kind of gone. But um yeah i like that the the core four remain the uh the og3 uh, somewhat remain and mm-hmm. uh you get what you get but uh i really enjoyed it i thought this movie was a hell of a lot of fun i thought it was a roller coaster ride and uh i can't wait to see it again and many times in the future so yeah i can't wait to start on the scream 7 script it's gonna be great oh yeah definitely happening you know? right we're gonna get mm-hmm. on that anytime now we, we oh do a lot God. of projects we start which is great so especially yeah, once we mention on the podcast of course yeah <laughs> if we say it on the podcast it's definitely happening you know right um i my last little note that i had was that uh i loved that whenever we first see gail again Eltas blue huh interesting mm. uh she's you know in the reporter role she's trying to interview uh, Sam and her sister as they're coming outside of the, the police department. And then uh, Sam throws a punch. Gail ducks oh, it. yes, And yes. then she's like, <laughs> she's getting ready to talk that shit. And then her sister just like uh, punches her right in the fucking teeth. It's so funny. Because it's, it's so, off screen. So well done. It's off screen. And then all you see is this little baby fist come in. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny. And then later on, Gail comes back and she's like, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I legitimately just want to help. 
And then, like, she addresses Jenna Ortega. She's like, she, Jenna Ortega says she was sorry. Gail says, no, you weren't. And she's like, nah, I wasn't. <laughs> Not even a little bit, dude. It was a great arc for Gail because I, I don't think she was utilized that well in five. Or I don't think she, I don't know. Uh, it just wasn't my favorite performance of hers as Gail and stuff. But mm. uh, with Dewey gone and then Sydney not in this one, it, it I feel like she stepped up and she did much better in this one. And her her coming back and having like written a book about it after saying she wouldn't all that shit is exactly what Gail would do. And it's yeah, it's what she's done over and over to Sydney. And so I love that they kind of played with the like, old Gail's role that way. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it was a return to form. And then the fact that they, she ducks and that was a fun jab. Uh, and no. then the real punch to the face was so great. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, watch the last eight minutes of that Chris Rock special. You have <laughs> it's great. It. Yeah. 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 You want to see somebody get <laughs> fucked up. Chris Rock could take you to the bodies. But yeah, that was a great scene. I'm glad you mentioned that. That I'd be remiss to not, to not mention uh, that that hilarious scene. So, so yeah, they so they just funny. do a good job of balancing the 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 same way that they used to in the movies. I feel like they have a good lead on what they want out of them they they understand the spoof they understand where you need to be serious and brutal they understand where it's funny and not and and uh i don't know they 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 have a good feeling to them so i really enjoy mm-hmm. these movies mm. and something i appreciate about the at least the modern screen movies because they're the, the most fresh on my brain sure is uh the 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 color and consistency of the blood in these movies mm-hmm. they have like like all other horror movies should aim for the color of the blood in scream uh, five and six. That's, oh, that's that. what that looks like to me. Sometimes it's like too cherry red uh-huh. and it's just like, Oh my God, are we going to make a fucking Sunday here? What's happening? <laughs> what is this? And then sometimes it's too like black, you know, and it's right. like, oh, obviously fucking the tin man's leaking again or mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, yeah, this, this looks good. And sometimes they'll like the, the, the female leads will have it in their hair and it's all like kind of like long and stringy and whatnot. Right. Reminds me of like whenever you, um, hollow out a, a pumpkin to make a jack-o'-lantern <laughs> a little bit, like it, it looks bad, but it looks good. Right. Bad. In a good you know, way. It, looks, yeah, yeah, it yeah. looks like it, it happened in that movie. And, you know, shout out to the, to all the actors who have all this like fake blood and whatnot on them oh, and doing it for us, man. Oh my God. That's gotta really be so disgusting. The, the makeup artists, the, you know, all of it. It's just, just a fantastic, fantastic movie. I loved it. Yeah, they uh, they definitely the bloody you're right is is it just looks real the the cuts look real even when they use mm-hmm. CGI things it it seems minimal and and it works. Uh, we recently we watched Scream Four again since we couldn't get mm-hmm. out to watch Scream Six in the theater uh, again, and uh, Scream Four was the first one that used digital blood and digital knives. So they don't they don't use retractable knives that go in and, and a lot mm-hmm. of it looks really fake and stupid. And that's one of the reasons I never liked four, uh, even though I've grown to like it. Um, it still looks so bad. And the new ones, they they do a lot more practical and, and everything just looks really up close and, and really detailed. And yeah, they really nail it. Yeah, it's a good look. Like whenever we go to Tony Revolori's apartment, he opens up the fridge, sees his roommate in the fridge beheaded. It looks like Gross. it looks pretty fucking good. It looks like it doesn't look like a mannequin with its head just sitting beside it. It looks like the blood looks real, the the actual like face on the um the the beheaded head right looks, looks like an actual real. person's. There's not really uncanny valley stuff that comes into play there. So well, they really killed that guy for the scene. Oh. He's dedicated actor. Interesting. Method. Well, mm-hmm. he's a beheaded actor. <laughs> <laughs> we did it again. Put it in the movie. The script basically writes itself at this point, which is it fantastic. really does. It makes you know, it a lot easier just, for us. Let me go ahead and open OpenAI. 
Oh, it says it's closed for LTAS. Okay. Well, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, well, any last thoughts for you, sir? No, no. I had a blast discussing this with you. Oh, oh same. yes, I do. Uh, final thought. Uh, first screen movie with post credit scene. It's just oh, like a duh. quick shot from <laughs> earlier in the movie. It's fun. Yeah. Mindy says, not every movie has to have a post credit scene. And it's like, wow, this movie has one. But they're kind of making fun of us for right. it. And I was like, I fucking loved it. And I we loved it. It oh, was that's so excellent. Good. We were the only people that waited. I'm so glad you told me to wait. It was, and it was like worth it because it's like, right. what, maybe four seconds worth of footage or whatever. But, but it's, it's fun. It's fun. It, it reminds me of the end of Spider-Man Homecoming where Captain America comes on yes. screen and he's just like, <laughs> he's just like kind of doing the same thing, basically. Right, right. You know? Just so, like, why are you yeah. here? Yeah. Uh, it's a good little shtick, though, with when we have so many of them and this was the first one to have it and they're like haha uh we were definitely the only people to stay in the theater i uh the worker came in too to clean up like right on the credits and he was like oh these fuckers so uh (laughs) he's probably like it's not even worth it but it was worth it and uh, i think so yeah so uh yeah as as scream always does it it skewers modern movies so that was fantastic i love that i want to see that happen from other movie genres that get brought into scream oh I like i'm not that. saying they need no. to like have a car chase or whatever but like just acknowledge that stuff because I, outside of horror yeah i yeah, I, yeah. I like that the uh, my general feeling as someone who's kind of just now acclimating to uh the realm of horror movies is right. that people who like horror movies like film in general that's true and yeah yeah just because you your your favorite genre is horror doesn't mean that you're not observant of what other tropes happen in movies or whatever and i like that scream is is bringing that into to this even you know a, a quick throw away throw away thing that's edited out of the main movie right and put into this one <laughs> who knows maybe she ad-libbed that line i don't know i know i know i wonder but it was fun it, it was, was great. great to see mindy again healthy happy and explaining mm-hmm. movies and stuff yeah it's uh yeah. I, I i agree with you too like it, they have they reference other movies sometimes especially in scream 2 randy talks about like the god they're talking about sequels the godfather mm-hmm. part 2 house part 2 and stuff they, they mentioned some other stuff but uh they could do more of that so yeah i think these these writers and directors have a, a good grasp on it uh once mm-hmm. again i do hope that and we'll, we're, we're gonna write sydney into scream 7 so hopefully she will come mm-hmm. back when our script that's definitely getting made uh mm-hmm. is as out there so we hope everybody likes that in a, in a year or two but but much like scream we do have to like fake out the audience a little bit right so it's somebody's going to say something to the effect of oh sydney's you know she's moved and then like another person walks in it's like oh we're going to sydney and then it like pans to our cast like outside of sydney australia <laughs> it's like oh this isn't what i meant they're on it's vacation like, oh, they're on vacation. Oh, my It's a screencation, Stephen. Uh, they're in Sydney, and then there's like, oh, okay, so Sydney's in the movie, so but Sydney's like, it's, the movie. <laughs> it's like a, a place, not a person. And then, Stephen, third act, Sydney comes in, oh, saves the day. that's what I'm looking for. She repels down from a ceiling, you know? Damn even, straight. Even though, even though they're outdoors, it's like, eh, don't, don't, don't think too hard don't about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, she was in a tree. She's got a koala on her back. Yeah. <laughs> With a ghost face mask on. <laughs> she she like she kills the uh whomever the, the ghost face is in the movie. Looks at her at the koala. Koala gives her a thumbs up. But did you know koalas have two thumbs, so it's like two thumbs up? What? It's fucking rad. Yeah. Dude, look it up, dude. 
damn that's mm-hmm. canon already wow this is going is. man that's fantastic mm-hmm. yeah uh well as you said i enjoyed this movie uh, a whole lot and i really enjoyed talking to you about it i'm, I'm glad that you liked it yeah you never know but i i figured you would so steven i just came up with a new thing so <laughs> at the end of the movie scream seven when like the core four and whomever and like gail are there and sydney saves the day they're gonna be like sydney what are you doing here and she just looks at him and she's like it's my name. And that's it. That's it. Credits. Oh, okay. Like, if you have it, like, are you telling me if there's a place in the world called Steven, you wouldn't go? Oh, absolutely, I would. That's like your Mecca, you know? But only with a V. If it's this PH Steven, then I'm not going there. Yeah. Like, uh, our, our friend Dave, I think he lives in a place called Brentwood over in the UK. Oh, that's not right. To, like, and you want to go. Not to dox him, but, you know, I, I feel like I got to go there, you know? Just because it's, it's where you get your wood. Yeah, of course. For the Brents of the world. I, we got to divvy it up. You want to go to the source. Yes, yeah. Like, after you turn 40, it's something that you have to do. You get signed up for it. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's good for you because you turn 40 and uh, you're still alive. So get that wood, man. <laughs> well, we'll see how the rest of the year goes, Stephen. <laughs> Let's not start that rumor again. Yeah. Last time it didn't work so out, uh, out <laughs> really? so well for you. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit painful, but it's fine. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, well, next week, uh, we're going to take a break from, you know, having a single movie to watch. So mm-hmm. uh, people don't have anything to prepare for. But we've been kind of saving up a little bit. We haven't been doing as many mini topics. So we got a lot backed up for uh, a pop culture catch up episodes. So we're yeah. just going to do one of those. And then I think after that, we might have some more stuff planned. So we'll make announcements as it comes forward. But mm-hmm. looking forward to, to just chatting with you and making up some fun jokes next week. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. really glad, glad again that you liked Scream 6. I think everybody should get out there and watch it. It was a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, come back next week so we can just kind of hang out. Exactly. And audience, continue listening to this episode because after we sign off here, as always, we have a little outtake at the end of the the episode, of course. Uh, in it is going to have a very special song written by a very special man oh. named Stephen Fisher. Oh, Involving a marshmallow man oh. and a text conversation about said marshmallow man. You guys got to stick around. I'm pretty hey, proud of it. Stay tuned. Stay puffed. <laughs> you know? Indeed, man. Absolutely. Uh, I'd marry that marshmallow man. Oh, You're, my God. You guys will, too, once you hear the song. It's beautiful. For whatever reason, every time the term marshmallow man is mentioned, I think of the, um, is it like the Hibden Tire Man? Oh, you you picture that guy instead? Yeah, instead of Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. And, uh-huh. and his name is the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't you know why I'm going to you. Yeah. That's, That's okay. Weird. He's still the guy you're thinking about is still fluffy. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's still, it still stands the, the reasons of why he'd be a great marshmallow man to marry. Exactly. I mean, so he looks like it works. He's he's D T uh, D T F down to fluff. That's <laughs> Well, on that note, I think we should go ahead and cut out of here. So uh, definitely uh, come back next week for some pop culture catch up. Uh, as usual, you can contact us through Twitter, Instagram, a few other ways in our notes below. And you rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is always appreciated. Let your friends know so more people can find us mm-hmm. and those marshmallow men. Also in the show notes, there's a link to our Tee Public store to where you can buy some LTAS merch. And Stephen, just yesterday I encountered an LTAS shirt in the wild that surprised me and rocked me to my core. What? Really? It was on. Yeah, one of our friends had it on, but I didn't know this this person had the shirt that on. That is really fun. I didn't it know was, that was a, that was a but thing. But it shocked me because like, <laughs> you know, like uh, if you've ever had a job to where you work with the public, and then you have your regular customers that you see, right. but then you see them outside of work, 
and your brain is like, wait, I know this person, but where do I know them from? You don't right. have that like context for it. I saw our own logo <laughs> out in the wild, not on my computer. And I was like, wait, what is this? What is that? Oh, Oh, yeah. oh my god, that's hilarious, dude. Saw my dumb little cartoon face. Really you know? played with your head there, man. It really did, yeah. It's fantastic. Took me a second to, to realize that. that. That's great. Yeah, it was, it was Always fun. fun. Well, thanks for anybody forever supporting us and uh, anybody listening to this that supports us as yeah. well. So mm-hmm. uh, we do a lot of dumb shit on here, but we have a good time and hopefully give some good info. And mm-hmm. uh, today might have been one of those days. I think this is a good episode. So come back next week. We'll might have more of them. And then, uh, as we said, we'll have some more cool titles in the mix coming up. So... A lot of cool stuff planned this year. So definitely uh, come back next week. And uh, Brent, it was a blast talking to you today. Until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And I'm Michael Kane. Nice to wait. <laughs> and let's talk later. Let it begin. Push it away, but it's pulling me in. Try to pretend. I'm not aware when I do it again. I know the signs. Yeah, that timestamp there. Who let the dogs in? Brent, 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 Brent. Yeah, I got it. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> One, two, three. Record! Oh, wow. We really changed it up there at the end. I have some cut in my throat. Oh, no. Is your microphone uh, settings turned off right now? No, it's great. This is what it really sounds like, Stephen. I I think you're going to be a big hit on the show from now on. I think everyone will love it. Yeah. It's not quite Fowler, but you know, close. <laughs> Oh, Fowler. I miss that guy. I don't know what he's doing right now, but it's definitely not the time for him to make an appearance. I'll tell you that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. But for right now, this sounds great. Right now, it's just going to be this forever. Oh, wait, what's the setting? (laughs) There we go. Oh, okay. You feel better? Uh, I feel better, but uh, I I feel like the listener hates it even more somehow. Interesting, right? It's like the same thing, but just lowered a little bit. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just like, it's like slightly irritating. You're right. Now that I Mm -hmm. listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling Stone says grading. Oh, okay. Hey, at least we got mentioned. It got great in there. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Different kinds. Silver linings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Man, like how are your, your allergies holding up? Very badly. Perfect. Great. Same, same for you. Same here. Like oh, man. The, the weather in Oklahoma is trying to change. Uh-huh, right, right. It's like the the warmer it gets, the the worse the weather is outside. Like even though it's technically warmer in like degrees. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's like either windier or it's rainy and overcast, right. and it just like sucks. There's no winning here. So uh, yeah, that it's somehow the, the allergens find their way around all of that shit you know if it were like a a, a springy 78 degrees and the sun was shining mm-hmm. and the wind was just like you know moderate i imagine the pollen could like find us somehow some way but how is it supposed to do that when it's just like it's the the sky is is flooded with rain mm-hmm. like i don't i don't understand how how pollen works i don't like it and honestly, it needs to get the fuck out of here. Wow. Really, yeah. really coming out strong against pollen. I just don't. I don't like it. No one likes it. It's stuck in my nose right now. So I'm also against pollen. Um, yeah. I have felt lately that it's it's really like I have I have pictures around my neighborhood where where entire driveways are covered in it. And you can't oh like even see the concrete. It's that that thick. That's fucked up. Right. It looks it like snow. It basically looks like snow. Yeah. yeah. But like mm-hmm. yellow. Don't eat the yellow snow either way. <laughs> Yeah. Bad news bears. Uh-huh. Uh, it's either pea or pollen. It's uh-huh. one of the two peas. 
These are the two options. You don't want it. But yeah. uh, I was walking our dog around the neighborhood the other day, and I looked down as I got home, and I had not realized it, but the pollen was attacking me as I walked because it was it was flowing down so strongly that it was stuck to my shirt. It was on my oh hat. My and I felt kind of like I wanted to make like a, a sci-fi horror movie about it. Like it's really attacking us, like the happening. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. so yeah. I just need to get Marky Mark up in here because <laughs> yeah. I had it happen. Hey, Stephen, it's me, fellow Texan, bro. <laughs> it's a transformer and also pollen, dude. Pollen, dude. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I really need his help. I need uh, Zoe Deschanel here. And uh, God damn it, I need M. Night Shyamalan. All right. I don't trust oh, it. Yeah. What's the twist? Have you heard? Have you heard about Knock at the Cabin? Only a little bit. Uh, I it intrigues me. Anything that Dave Batista does, yeah, that's really all I know about it. It's like Dave Batista and Matt Shyamalan, Knock at the mm-hmm. Cabin. I called it Cabin mm-hmm. of the Woods the other day, and Amanda was like, "What?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know. It's something like that." <laughs> yeah. There's not enough cabin content for us to be able to differentiate like right. the names, you know. Um, but also, I hear that people seem to like it. Like it's a, one that. of the, the better Shyamalan films. I like to give him a shot. I just when I sometimes you do it, it doesn't work out. You just have to accept that. That's what I've realized with his filmography. Old. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Give him a, a shot, Milan. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> M. Night Shot Milan. It just one. But then you <laughs> yeah. watch The Sixth Sense and you're like, wow, I really should give this guy a shot. And then, you know, it, it's hit or miss from there. But, you know, I've never so, seen The Sixth Sense. Steven, I feel like I knew that. I feel mm-hmm. like I knew that. I'd mentioned it do before a long time ago. I do because I hear it's good, but like right. I'm, I'm still like hopeful that I will be able to forget the twist of that movie. the The issue is, I was working at Pizza Hut at the the time that movie oh. was released, and uh, it came out on a, a Friday, right? And mm-hmm. then Saturday, I came into work. And one of my coworkers just immediately spoiled the twist. So you've known it from the get go. I've known it from the beginning. Wow. From the beginning. And I just, I'm, I was kind of hoping that with my fall where I got my brain bleed, right. that information would have like jostled <laughs> loose. And I could have experienced it for that the first time. Nice. But you know, yeah. I, uh, I have to bring up too that in Sixth Sense, Donnie Wahlberg is in that dude. So, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, Marky Mark's uh, brother. So From the Wahlburgers uh, <laughs> establishment. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying there is a connection there. So it's uh, it's not okay. that it's out of real left field. That's not the twist. But uh, the twist is that you had it spoiled that early, man. That sucks. It's one of yeah. those things. It's like once you know that, is it even worth it? And But it's a pop culture phenomenon. And people talked about it, you know, right away. Tony yeah. Collette is in it. She's fantastic oh, as wow. always. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a great movie, but yeah, I can understand. Have you seen that trailer for that new Tony Collette movie she's going to be in? It's like she's a, a she's like a, a middle aged mother who's going through like a breakup or Mm-mm. being unlucky in love, but then she gets left uh, her estranged father's Italian mob um, rule is, or whatever. What? <laughs> Yeah, we, we saw the trailer for it. She gets to like a screen. mob boss. Yeah, I never saw that coming. Wow, but but it's like a, it's it's like a, a comedy, okay, or whatever. Like it it seems like an in betweener. But I'm 
I, I didn't necessarily like the trailer, uh-huh. but I am intrigued because I like her as an right. actress. But then also uh, the movie just seems like something that would have come out 25 years ago. Right. That seems know? like such like a 90s movie in my head. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would be like, I don't know, like starring Tony Collette still. Yeah. But be like, I don't know, like uh, there's like a Hugh Grant movie called like Mickey Blue Eyes. It was from like that era. I think it's like uh, Marissa Tomei and stuff. It makes me think of like, like oh, it's a comedy involving the mob. Like, yeah. look at the zany antics they get into whenever you leave your your daughter, the mob, after you die or whatever. Oh, so many good mobities back in the day. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. I really got good look fellas. Up yeah, Godfather Two, hilarious. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> I've never actually seen it, but obviously I know Same. it's like a very like dramatic movie. Yeah. And I, I imagine like after all these years, what if we just never knew? It's like people were like, it's really good because The Godfather is a serious one. Godfather 2 is a zany comedy. Yeah. They saw the, they saw Airplane come out and they were like, oh, we could do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Godfather 3 goes back to being more dramatic, but people were just so engaged <laughs> by the comedy of Godfather 2. They weren't ready for it, you know? They really needed it. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember the name of of uh, that Tony Collette movie, but evidently it's coming out later this year. So, I mean, I look out for anything she's in. Yeah, yeah, she's good because she's fantastic. But yeah, uh, I had not heard of this one. I'm trying to look it up right now and see if I can uh, find that uh, Hereditary. That's what it was. That yeah, it? <laughs> that's good. If you have young children, you know, set up a movie night with your kids. Watch Hereditary. How could that go wrong? You know, maybe go for a car ride after afterward. Oh no! Yeah, that's scary. I cannot believe that happened in that movie. Like when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm not going to spoil anything, but like, right. there's some things people, in there that are people will know it when they see right. it. Right? It's an interesting movie. Uh, I looked. You this know how up. like when people when people say that, I get nervous that I'm going to miss. Like it's going to be a subtle enough thing in a movie <laughs> that I will miss it or whatever. You won't miss it with Hereditary. And you're going to like miss out on the joke. Yeah, this yeah. joke you're going to get. You're don't yeah. worry. <laughs> Um, So I looked it up uh, The Tony Collette one I don't know why you forgot this title Brent Mafia Uh Mama Oh there we go That 100% sounds like a movie that would come out in the 90s Yeah Wow Mafia Mama I had not even heard of this No that's amazing Uh, Tony Collette Monica Bellucci movie Oh yeah she's gonna be yeah Mm -hmm. So uh, man that is really interesting Uh, I'll check her out in anything But yeah that feels like a kind of a comedy Or something that doesn't come out anymore too Like Mm -hmm. they talk about those Those kind of mid-level comedies that You know get relegated to like TV nowadays If anything Or streaming services rather Uh, And so I I miss that kind of era For things but uh, yeah That's interesting Was your wife intrigued by the trailer? She was uh, getting food at the time the the trailer was was playing, so she she missed out on that she one. Gets to, but, yeah, cop out of yeah. this one. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's a, a scene in the trailer where Tony Collette brings like muffins or cookies or something to a mob meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think it's like funny, but I appreciate the <laughs> swing of it. You know, because <laughs> she's going for it. She's you can tell in the trailer. It. She's just like, I'm. I am going to give this role my all. Is the comedy going to fall flat? Right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But hey, let's fucking go for it. You know, let's get some more comedies out there. I mean, in general, yeah, we always applaud any kind of comedies that can get out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I hear the movie Bros is not funny, but 
I still want to see it because, uh, you know, it's it's for a uh, a sect of the the public that I don't belong to, but uh, I'm curious about. You know, uh-huh. I just want to see what they got going on, and I want them to be able to make more more movies. Right. But also, it, it's from the like the people who brought us Bridesmaids, which is a fucking stellar comedy. So, right. Yeah. Good people involved, and then you want to watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I also looked up who directed Mafia Mama because I wanted to <laughs> okay. see like, well, who makes that kind of movie? You know. Mm-hmm. Brian De Palma exactly Ridley Scott you know like just someone you wouldn't expect and it yeah. was someone I didn't expect it's uh it's Catherine Hardwick the director Hardwick. of Twilight oh it's doing Mafia Mama the first Twilight oh. movie okay and Red that Riding Hood that kind of makes Hood. sense there was a Red Riding Hood 2011 apparently oh was that the uh the oh fuck uh man yeah what's her uh, face what's her name she's in Mean Girls and uh, Samantha, uh, no, Amanda Seyfried. There we go. Samantha, you Sam put tonight. the S in the beginning of the Amanda, uh-huh. Samantha, Samantha, Samantha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got there though. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we got there. Yeah, I remember that movie sort of coming out. Interesting, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't have expected that either. Or zany comedy. Interesting. Wow, I, uh, you know, that first Twilight movie was hilarious. So it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Oh, Twilight. Yeah. We, Damn. We love thee. Well, that's a series what? we should do. I was just going to say, should we do the Twilight <laughs> series? Like, what if our numbers just increase that much more? We actually have a strong female listenership uh-huh. somehow, some way. So, like, maybe Twilight is the way to go. I know? mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. We do like to watch things as stunts sometimes. And I've watched <sighs> those movies more than I should have. All of them? I've seen... I the, the longer it goes on, the fewer I've seen each movie. I think I've maybe okay. seen the last one one time. But uh, the one other time. ones, we were... Mm-hmm. I was showing movies to my, my sister and my cousins and their friends before each movie would come out. So we would, like, set up the projector outside and we'd watch one and then... Like, we'd watch one again for two and then once three is out, we watched one and two again for three. So I've mm-hmm. seen them, like, a bunch of times, you know, in a, in a, in a curve on a chart... I've seen okay. one like 10 times. Okay. okay. I've seen Twilight 10 times probably. That's too mm-hmm. many times, Brent. I'm going to say right there. You know, like, but That's here's the lot. thing. An excessive amount, some would say. Here's the thing, Brent. I'm going to say mm-hmm. it right now. Much like Pacific Rim, once you get to seven or eight, you kind of start <laughs> to turn on it. And you think, is this good? Turn toward the positive. Right. And I, there is, for the first Twilight, there is a nostalgia there that when I've, the last time I saw it again, which was a long time ago, once again, but when I did, I was like, I kind of like this. And also reevaluating both of those stars and their, their other movies since then when they've, you know, really blown up uh, and been amazing actors. So watching them then and not, and it's like, oh, it's not so bad then. I don't know. You turn on it, man, seven or eight times. I'm telling you, that's the magic number right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the witching hour of the Twilight films. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking it up. It looks like all of the movies are currently on Showtime here in the States. Oh, there you go. Uh, so they, they are streaming and available. Hmm. Now I'm kind of like tempted to to do it. We might have to put this one on, on our, our radar. That might be a fun least, series. I, it could, I, I remember know, I seeing the the last movie. And again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a, you know, it's the last movie. There's going to be a, a climactic battle. Mm. And then seeing what happens in that battle, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, they're fucking right. going for it. Right. 
And then again, not to spoil anything, but there's a twist to it. And, uh, you know, it's not it's a, kind of a letdown. A little right? bit. Right. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it it it's a movie. So it, it kind of got there with the, the spectacle of it. It got mm-hmm. to have it both ways, I suppose. Oh, OK. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. But I don't even remember that. See, like the further it goes mm-hmm. on. I just really like that. That first love story. Just mm-hmm. a, a couple of high school kids who like to fuck. One's 17, one's 120. <laughs> you know, there's something about yeah. the magic there, Burr. You know? They, they, they just uh, like to get close to each other and breathe in each other's uh, mouths, you know? It's great. So nice. When you have hot breath reflecting off of your incisors, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's so. Nothing hotter. <laughs> Nothing hotter. I don't know how to transition over to the thing we were supposed to bring up on this. Well, uh, why don't we go ahead and sync, and then we can reveal what that will be. Perfect. Because I okay. thought nothing hotter sounded like a good sync. What do nothing you think? hotter? Yeah. There we go. That works <laughs> okay, for me. Good, good. All right. <laughs> so we'll sync with nothing hotter on three. One, two, three. Nothing, nothing hotter. Samanda. Oh. What, what is it? <laughs> Uh, so, um, we're, we're still in the outtakes here, Yes, but, uh, we, you and I had a four way conversation, oh. conversation okay. with, uh, with some of our friends mm-hmm. that led to you creating a song. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like the public need to listen to it. Uh, all three of us who are not you that were in that, <laughs> that group chat fucking loved it. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. Silly you want to set up, set up what it is? Yeah, I do. Um, I like to, I've been lately, I've been writing little silly songs, you know, and it's been kind of fun just to try things out, play a little music. And I realized why the, the silly songwriters of the, my favorites, Stephen Lynch, uh, Jack Black, uh, why I like them so much because mm-hmm. they, I like the music, but then it's just silly. And that's, that's my kind of lyrics right there. So I don't know why, but I latched on to what you guys were saying in that, in the, in the text thread. <laughs> Which was about uh, Andy's marshmallow cream. Oh my god! Andy's mar- Andy's ice cream. What is it? Andy's frozen yogurt. Frozen custard. Frozen it's custard. A frozen custard franchise here in at least the South U.S. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's if it's uh, nationwide or whatever, but uh, oh my god, it doesn't matter. It's here. I have access to it, and <laughs> right. honestly, that's the most important thing. But I think it was. Uh, it's uh, obviously you and I in this group chat with our friends uh, Allison and Liz, right? Who've also been on the podcast before, and uh, I can't remember who was saying it, but uh, they mentioned the the marshmallow um, cream there. The marshmallow and cream I, that you core out the ice cream and they they slide oh it god. all in there. Oh my god, Stephen! They 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 take a jackhammer, uh huh, and it's called a jackhammer, but they they drill down oh, into yeah. the center of your concrete. And then they pour, most of the time it's like hot chocolate or mm. caramel. But I saw that they had this thing called the the s'mores concrete. Right. And it was just whipped marshmallow, essentially. But it's very creamy. Oh, mm. my God. Oh, yeah. My whole reason for living. <laughs> there you Incredible. go. That's the point, right? Incredible. Yeah. yeah. You, you were gushing about it. You could I say was. I was, yeah, and I, I could, created some of my own marshmallow fluff. It was right, incredible. Exactly, I could feel yeah. it was palpable. The love, thank you, that thank you, you and Allison had for the the marshmallow cream. So, uh, I guess what I'm what I'm bringing up for that is that that was the impetus for it. 
you texted Allison texted back the uh, what you said is I try not to fantasize about food too often but but goddamn that Andy Malo cream mm-hmm. uh, and I think you said makes me want to put a ring on it and Allison yeah. said oh yeah I'd marry the marshmallow man and for some mm-hmm. reason I just immediately thought damn I could make a jingle for Andy's marshmallow I could make a jingle for Andy's frozen custard that yeah. would that would get everybody to their store you know yes it absolutely. might be a little racy but i think this oh, is okay what people... i thought you were gonna say racist i was like oh no i oh, misheard no. the lyrics again <laughs> yeah i really got a, a race racy from my because i don't want to <laughs> i erase racy and racism you know yeah yeah uh, i don't want to yeah i don't want to even hint at that no this is definitely not racist it's just uh it's sexual yeah, I was for sure. sensual for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. sensual. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just felt it in my bones, and I started the song, and about two hours later, I was like, "I'm, I've wasted my life, but here it is." <laughs> and then you guys gave me this great response, and yeah, I wanted to share it with the world. So everybody, get down to to Andy's frozen custard, get that Malo cream. Uh, you're oh gonna want to marry please. the marshmallow man after that. You will. You will. Absolutely. Sexy. Hey, hey, hey. 